Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another show of Goal Lounge. This is Football Uncensored, brought to you by South African football fans, all the fans of Africa, rather. We're going to cover the Premier League as we normally do, because that's what we love. Today, we have our full squad, which is the second time running for our episode six. We have Selo. How's it? <laughs> we have Nick. What's up, guys? Yeah, we've got Mosa, you know, the good old Mosa there. What's up, what's up, guys? Uh, Mateus, or shall I say Matinho? That's his new upgrade, by the way. We just thought because his manager was Mourinho, it just made sense to call him Matinho. I quite like it. <laughs> I, I think we can adopt it, Matinho. And then we've got Wonga, who's causing a bit of um, I don't know, he's, he's disrupting the team camp a little bit because he keeps changing his mics and that sort of thing. So the team think we have budget at this moment in time, but we do not have that. So, Wonga, please stop showing off all the toys you have at home. <laughs> what up, kids? You've sound good. I think Wonga's onto something. Wonga, hey, we need we need new mics as well this side. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Anyway, so this week, what we're going to start off with is the thing that broke the news pretty much from Sunday evening and it's just carried on throughout the week. And people are calling it the big proposal or the big picture proposal rather. Um, but for us, it's going to be the big topic. So, who wants to kick us off in terms of what this thing actually is so the public and the people listening to us actually know what's going on? I'm quite angry about it, so I'll, I'll maybe start. Because um... <laughs> you're, you're, you're not one of the top nine teams, that's why. So, from what, I'm, from, from what I understand... Um, I do understand sort of the backstory of trying to help uh, lower league teams and, and obviously through the pandemic, you know, teams are, some teams are nearly going bust at the moment. And I think, you know, uh, the, the idea behind sort of trying to support them is good. Um, and I do think the Premier League as a whole, together with their teams and stakeholders, need to give back. Um, but I don't think the way it went about is ideal. Um, simply because it, it was leaked in the press and it was obviously going to be done behind all the club's backs. At the end of the day, the Premier League isn't two teams. It's 20 teams and you've got an FA uh, that control it. And, and I, I, I was just, I had a bit of a bitter taste. So, so from my understanding, it was Liverpool and, and Man United who put, put this proposal together um, in order to get... Um, Six uh, plus three, um, and I say in inverted commas, long-standing uh, Premier League teams um, to to eventually have full control of the Premier League and its voting rights, and, and in terms of how they make decisions going forward. Um, I think there was also talk of it being an 18-team league, which I don't know what repercussions that would have for the rest of the the leagues below, because teams would obviously have to be relegated. I don't know if leagues are going to have to increase size. That would mean two teams in professional football in the, in league, league two would need to be relegated. So I, I don't see how it would have worked. Um, I thought it was quite ironic, and I spoke to you, gents, about it. Was in terms of how um, the nine teams were selected were based on how long they've been in the league. 
Um, but if you look at the duration of the Premier League, um, my team, Newcastle, yes, we've been re relegated recently twice. But we've been in the Premier League longer than Man City. So it was quite convenient that they went on calendar years versus the amount of years they were actually, or teams have actually been in the league. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's rather convenient. And I, I don't think they would ever exclude a Man City with the money that they have. Um, mm -hmm. And furthermore to that, I do think this is a possible, uh, this was possibly a reason why the Premier League actually did not give an answer to the Saudi bid that was on the table for Newcastle because you add a, you add probably the richest, will be the richest club in the world. That yeah. mix, then you've got to watch the top seven. Um, yeah. I know you've got to earn it, you've got to go and win uh, games and you've got to go finish high in the league. But I just think something doesn't smell right there. And, I, mm. and, and rightly so, I think it was rejected, I think, based on the fact that it was done behind closed doors and not involving everyone. And I think they've mm. pissed a lot of people off. I think I think yeah. um, I heard the Everton yeah. the, the Everton owner, even though they were part of the nine, I think he he was asked for comment and he was actually livid about it. So hmm. I don't know. Something something's not right. Something needs to be done, but I think it needs to be done when you bring everyone around the table and not just two clubs. So no, my, Nick, I'm just going to stop you stop you there a little bit because in terms of project big picture. Um, You've gone quite. You've gone straight into it, which is great because we. This is what we're here to talk about. But just in terms of, so people have an understanding as to what it actually is. What is the proposal? Why are they doing it? What is the need for this? Um, Matt, you want to you want to get into this because I can see you itching yeah. there. So well, I mean, I think on the one hand, it 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 professes to address a serious problem, and we know that funding in football has been pretty messed up for a while. Uh, mm. especially you go lower down in the league system the Premier League teams are to a certain extent sheltered from it but Nick touched on it COVID is kind of the, the lockdown has really put under a microscope really bad financial state of a lot of smaller sides and you can argue some of this is down to mismanagement but also the truth is that a lot of these teams end up in this state because they have to spend that kind of money simply to compete simply to keep their heads above water in the leagues because at clubs, certain clubs are just throwing money at problems for example, when Huddersfield, the year Huddersfield got relegated, they were their, their annual turnover was something like £97 million. Leeds in the same season was only spending something like eight on wages. So you look at that discrepancy, and that's because the, the clubs at the time were getting these massive parachute payments. They still do. If you get relegated from the Premier League, you get three seasons of parachute payments, which some say contributes to the problem because that clubs are quite happy to spend away when they get promoted, knowing that if it doesn't work out and they get relegated, they'll get more land in that, that cushion of the parachute payment. So the funding of football is messed up and it needs to get fixed. The problem with this proposal was it started from this position of we're going to fix the funding problem of football and very quickly morphed into how can we use this position to undermine some of the fundamentals that have defined football in, all, in our own favour. I mean, even the simple one about allowing these nine teams to veto certain decisions, hmm. that can undergo, it undermines what the Premier League is. The Premier League has always been a democracy where 14 clubs have to, there has to be a 14 club majority to pass any new new rules or new decisions. And to change that, you could be in the Premier League, you could get promoted and then still not have a say in how it's run. To me, that goes against what the Premier League is and what football should be. And mm -hmm. the also changing of, of, of some of the competitions and the changing of, of the funding model would also make it even more difficult for, to replicate some of the, the rags to riches stories we've seen. You know, some of the clubs who've come up, you think about Leicester, not long ago, we were in the fourth, the, the fourth tier and, and were able to play their way back. 
under this new proposal, that would be ever more difficult because of the ceilings placed on on clubs in certain divisions. The difficulty, and, and a club, for example, Newcastle is a fantastic example, actually, because they're a big club and they've got a, a huge support base, they can generate quite a large amount of funding simply off of their own backs, if well run, which, you know, yeah. the argument is what they are at the moment. But the, they're a club who shouldn't be hamstrung by certain restrictions, but should be offered the opportunity to thrive. And this proposal would kind of put a ceiling above what are today seen as smaller clubs. And I yeah. think that's where the bad taste comes from. It's sort of, it's got this, and they, they sell it as like, oh, but if we don't take this deal now, 17 clubs are under in the next seven minutes, you know, buy or go, buy. And I think that's the, that's the thing that kind of annoys the most, is that there are clubs for whom, who need the funding out of this deal so badly. There were clubs in the lower leagues who were saying, let's take this deal now. I don't care. We're going to go under. And that's yeah. a horrible position. Yeah. Imagine having you know your local club that you go to every week, and they're going to be gone. But then if you take this deal down the line, I think there's going to be massive. Yeah, and that's I, I like how you've gone about that in terms of the funding and the structure of the model. But let's we have to break down this deal and actually see what this deal is about, right? But to your but point, and I like how you you've so, yes, yeah, hello. No, I was saying like one of the things um, that 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 they do though that it, when I was listening to it, it kind of does make they do kind of have a point where. They were talking about the TV rights outside of outside of outside of Europe, you know. So in Asia, for instance, in China, right? Let's say you 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 it's Man United versus um, Tottenham, for instance, right? So there's so many people who are tuned into that match, right? But then there's West Brom versus Burnley, and there's literally no one tuned into that match, right? And then now we're splitting those TV rights equally amongst everyone, but then those teams are not the ones that are bringing in. The people to view the match, you know what I mean. I understand. Yes, it's a product of the Premier League, so I think there are certain things that, in the big picture, uh, project big picture, that they do need to look at. But yeah, definitely this whole thing with, with regards to uh, the funding model—that's um, cool for the lower lower teams. But but the whole power power grab is is, is not ideal. You know, it's a two-thirds majority, as you said, 14, 14 um, clubs have to agree to to any resolutions, which is how it's supposed to be. You know, um, mm. next thing. You know, they make up a decision and then it really impacts on the on the on the other other teams. You know, you don't want the Premier League becoming um a Bundesliga. You know, I think the Southampton manager said, you know, you don't want the Premier League becoming a, a Serie A or a Bundesliga where there's only one team that wins the league, you know, because that's what happens in those leagues, is that the top team literally gets most of the most of the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they're the ones who 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 almost boss the league, you know. Like for instance now, Napoli just got a 3-0 um, loss against Juventus because people were sick, COVID, you know what I mean? Those are, so those are the type of things where, which could happen in the Premier League, you know? Um, Liverpool could just get three points. You know, they could reverse the 7-2 loss, you know, all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, um, you're right. And it's... it's sorry, sorry, Matt, go ahead. Uh, one of the other proposals that I did sort of find slightly interesting from the, the Project Bix picture, they were going to do away with the charity shield altogether. And they were going to change the what's now the Carabao Cup to exclude any team that's in European competition. So all the Champions League and Europa League teams wouldn't play in the League Cup. And I thought that was potentially quite an interesting model. But I'd like to see it go one step further and say that in the winner of the League Cup, the Carabao Cup, should get a European spot. I think that would be a really yeah. cool, interesting way. So the maybe the the you know England has a lot seven spots to go to the, to Europe every season, and um, assuming no one, none of the English teams win any of the cups. Yeah, but if but, those yeah. spots to the league cup winner, I think that could be an interesting shakeup. But I mean, these small things are kind of 
over over overlooked in and against the backdrop of 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 the 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 kind of the power grab uh, that was that this was perceived to be. But just yeah, a question, guys. The sorry, the uh, with the with that copyright, they said now. If I, if I understand it correctly, the what is the reasoning behind the reasoning behind taking out the those was it the the EFL Cup and the FA Cup? Um, community Shield, Community Shield. Yeah, so what is the reason? So it's because the they think what's going to happen in 2023, 2024, that the Champions mm -hmm. League expand, right? And how they're going to expand the Champions League is that it's not going to be eight groups of four, it's going to be four groups of eight in the okay. Champions League. So then you'll find yeah. a team playing 14 matches in the group stage in the Champions League. And then obviously you, you need more time in the, cal in the calendar to play those games. So remove EFL Cup and you move to um, Community Shield, you've got the you've got the time to play those 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 14 matches in the group stage in Champions League. So they wanna make because they know that Champions League makes more money. That's what they're thinking. So that they'll allow them to to obviously play in the Champions League more. Yeah exactly I also read I read now sorry that also now you see it's also funny because I also read now that that it also allow teams um now they're looking at the the the, the guys um the lower teams now the ones that are actually that want those cup. They said now that for them it gives an opportunity to go to go on lucrative tours. That's how they labeled it. But obviously, yeah, it's not that's not the case. Obviously, it's always looking out for the big guns, and that's that's for me. That's what I got um, the sense of this is that these guys they saw they saw they saw that look. It does need to change. Um, like Matt uh, said, the, the funding needs to change. They saw COVID hit. They saw people are desperate. Um, and then they, uh, it's, it's, a, board, yeah. it's obviously it's a conspiracy, but yeah, they just thought, okay, now this is the opportunity to get what we want. Hence, um, only like three clubs or three people were really in the yeah. in the conversation, and now they just made it look like take that conspiracy to its its, its, its logical conclusion. Like, how do we know mm -hmm. that these even start coronavirus? Just to prove this. Where was October? Did we know? Yeah, and I mean, that adds up. That adds up because apparently this is the 17th iteration of the proposal. They've been in discussions for the last four years, and it's just now that COVID has hit. And the part of the issue that caused the thing that's caused the, the I mean, to, to the making Nick super upset and making everyone else super upset is that. The people involved in this. So you've got Rick Perry, which, by the way, if you know he's involved in anything, it's going to be dodgy because he was the guy who ran Liverpool to the ground and then sold the club to Tom Hicks and George Gillette when Liverpool were going down into administration. So he was behind the deal. So anything he's involved in is always for number one. He always looks after himself. So the deals he makes is pretty much to sort himself out, to get something afloat, and then he ducks. So that's mm. also one thing to, to understand. So now he's in the conversation with the Glazers and with... Um, uh, w henry from liverpool and you've got to understand Kevin mentioned it in one of the comments it's basically the the nba and the nfl model the thing here is you've got americans coming into the premier league and it's to what matt was saying in terms of football shouldn't be really business run it should be community focused and that is why a lot of these clubs break even they don't run at necessarily a big profit but these americans have come in and they've gone okay cool well how do we monetize this how do we maximize our profits one one super, super logical conversation in all of this is removing themselves from the Premier League. Why? When you're looking at the distribution of broadcasting and everything else, we've got to look at the different channels as to how revenue is broken up with four clubs. We talk about the revenue model. We talk about all these things. Obviously, number one is match day tickets. 
they're not making that money now. And this is why the EFL League Championship, League One, League Two. This is no, why all of them right now because no one's coming to the games, right? Then mm. you've got broadcasting. As it stands, the Premier League divides its broadcasting money. Just from the Premier League, 92% of that money goes evenly to the top 20 sides in the Premier League, okay? Mm. Only 8% goes to the EFL. What this deal is pretty much saying at the moment in time is they're saying, okay, what we want to do is we want to take 25% of that broadcasting share, distribute it evenly amongst the rest of the league in the EFL. That's one of, one of the, the main things that they want to do. The other thing is that, I mean, it's, it's very backwards. In the meantime, they also want to take 200, they say 250 million pounds up front that they're going to deposit or give to the EFL. But an additional 100 million is also going to go compensate for the female teams as well as the FA to help manage national grassroots level. So that money, number one, if you're looking at a Liverpool perspective and you're looking at a Man United perspective and even the top six, which, by the way, apparently all of them were included in the conversation. If you're looking at towards, towards the end. Towards, no, towards, they're not. towards the end. But even, even Wenger, this today, he said it's impossible. It's impossible that the rest of the teams didn't know. They were interviewing him. He says it's impossible that they didn't know about it. They obviously said, hey, listen. And even so, like Man United. Liverpool didn't vote for it yesterday. They voted against it. So you know what I mean? So now they're all saying, no, we're not voting for it, whatever, whatever. They try to put the blame on, on, on Rick Perry, you know, and say, hey, it's his idea. We got pulled in. And we're like, yes, that's, you know. Yeah, but, but so let's, let's take that 250 million pounds. It's, I think it's totals 350 million pounds they'll be giving up front. That money yeah. could be given by Man United by themselves. That money could be given yeah. by Liverpool by themselves. These, that's the amount yeah. of money these, these sort of top clubs are making at this moment in time. So when you're looking at that, you're looking at Rick Perry and you're going in his situation, what is he going to be remembered for? He is the chairman of the EFL. If he can bring in this money and can kind of steady the ship, then he can leave his post like he did at Liverpool in the first place. So that's one of the things you've got to consider in this whole deal-making process. From a Liverpool United perspective, it completely makes sense. Why? Because it comes down, they claim financial fair play. The whole rules of financial fair play is geared up to suit your bigger clubs. It doesn't want competition. They don't want it. So if they can say, for example, they, one of the other clauses is that they would put salary caps in for the championship and League One and League Two. And then they would also allow Premier League clubs or the top clubs to loan at least 14 players to a side. Four players to a side, but release four players out on loan. So then they can always call them back. So the whole model is geared up to create some sort of sustainability where all these other clubs can then act as feeder clubs. But clubs like then Newcastle at this time would be terrible because they're never going to be able to challenge. And that's the problem of this whole deal. It's kind of turning it into a business model. It's kind of saying these are your powerhouses. And again, it's, you'll end up with a Bundesliga like Celo was saying, uh, La Liga. And that's kind of not what the Premier League is about. And that's not where the yeah. money is. You, so you know, when, when you're talking yeah. about this loaning out of players, right? I remember now, Man City's chief executive, right? He said that he wants um, each Premier League's second team, right, to go into the lower divisions, right, to go into like a, a League Two, right? So I'm telling you, Man City knew about this because they said this two weeks ago. Man City's um, chief executive said he wants the T uh, Premier League's um, second teams to go into the League Twos and so forth and they can get promotion up until a uh, championship but can't get promoted to, to Premier so that's the that's obviously the La, La Liga model. You know the La Liga yeah. model is the team teams they can make it up until Le, um, the the second Secunda division, but can't get into um, La Liga. Man City also knew about this because he said this two weeks ago. So so yeah, that's one of the things they're also talking about. You know, so so they wanna yeah. they wanna safeguard yeah. the bigger clubs. 
It's yep. very much like the American model where you've got uh, franchises chosen not because of, of, of merit of who gets promoted, but they, they, they maximize the geographic spread of teams and go to the cities where there's more people, more fans to watch. And in the lower tiers of the, the, the NBA and the, the, the NFL and the, the major and, and the major league baseball, the lower tiers of all of these sports are just B teams. They're feeder sides yeah. to the, the major franchises. Mm-hmm. I hate to yeah. that way. You know, you look think about clubs that are from smaller towns. I mean the, the Premier League is a fantastic example of that. You look at clubs like Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's a tiny little you know, it's really it's a city, but it's not it's a town really. But they've been in and out and they played some fantastic football. And look at the players that have come through Middlesbrough that have lit up the league and they don't have the muscle and the long term kind of sustainability to stay there for long. You know, they and, and even Nottingham Forest have been in and out and different sides throughout time. Over I think the Burnley is a good example right now. Burnley at the moment, you know, they're shining bright, but probably not going to sustain it for very, very long. And yeah. I don't want to. I like seeing these clubs come in and you forget they exist. Yeah, Portsmouth, the FA Cup. Do any of us even remember that? Yeah, yeah. Wigan. What about Wigan with Roberto Martinez? Yeah, Wigan. Yeah. And even Leeds to an example, to an extent. You know, I mean, they've got a lot of football heritage, but essentially, a, you know, at the moment, you wouldn't call it a big club. But they, they up and down and West Brom doing yeah. stuff. I, I still want to see that. I want to see Huddersfield come up and, you know, remind us of the good old days 100 years ago where they were dominating leagues and then pop back down again to the championship. I think I don't want that to go away. And if it means that clubs need to be slightly less profitable and a bit more sustainable, then the proposal should speak to sustainability and not profitability. I think that's, for me, the big problem. At the moment, there's a big focus on profitability for the top six, six nine, but there's, there's not much talk about actual proper sustainability. This 250 mil and 25% are kind of, um, you know, it's to save the situation that the clubs are in now, but to prolong the long-term status of things. It's not going to change the status quo. And I'd prefer yeah. a more towards stability. Why doesn't, they talk about salary caps for the lower leagues, but not for the Premier League. So yeah, exactly. Then you're going to salary so, cap. It has to be all the way down. So yeah. but that's the interesting thing is it's like the American model, except it's better for the clubs because yeah. the American model, the, the, the clubs are still owned by the league. And then yes. the, the owners are given franchises. In this sort of situation, the clubs are running autonomously, and that's what they're trying to do. And if you look further into the fine detail of the, of the, of the contract proposal, is that one of the things that the Premier League control is broadcasting rights with Sky and everything else. What's happening with what we're doing here live with digital? Digital is a whole new, rev, uh, brand new revenue stream for these clubs. And if they do it well, they can make good money. So instead of now, for example... Sky Sports and the other guys are going to be charging 15 pounds to watch a game live instead of actually going to a stadium. So again, in that sort of situation, what happens is that the clubs lose out and they gain and then they rely on whatever they tell them. So one of the other clauses that they put in is they're saying eight games a season would then be given to the clubs where they can then sell it to their fans and run it off their own digital streams. So that's kind of how they're also positioning it. For me, from a business perspective, it makes sense because why shouldn't you have the rights? It's your club. It's your brand. It's your it's you attracting your fans. It's, it's your brand exactly. equity that you built up. So why shouldn't you be the one that gets to make the money off of that? And that's this is where so these owners, yes, a lot of this isn't great for football. There's there's there will be a monopoly almost like when you buy that whole street and in, in the game board monopoly where you got Elof Street and everything else, and you're just owning it. So that will happen. But the the good thing is there's an outrage because. 
the government are involved, the Premier League are involved, and this has been a shady sort of thing. But it's brought up a lot of questions that need to be asked, a lot of things that need to be challenged, and things that can't, like you said, Matt, like Nick said, the current sustainability of the models in which these guys are running, it isn't suitable for long-term futures. So these are sort of the questions that need to be challenged, need to be asked, and go, okay, what happens in a Stoke City, for example, who have been relegated? Why should they be dependent on what Sky Sports are doing? If they've got enough of the following in their own community, why not just open up Discord, start a community chat, or have their own website where they can live stream where guys playing three quid to watch a game online instead of having to pay 20 pounds to go travel all the way to Liverpool and then watch their side get thumped, where they could just yes. watch it, you know, and then that money goes straight into the club. So from a strategic perspective and a revenue perspective, these are the right sort of questions. In terms yeah, of the model, sense, yeah. started, completely no, don't agree with it because it is a monopoly. And part of the thing that why we all, yeah, and we've got a Nick joining us in this conversation is because anyone can win at any time. Mosa, you've been very quiet. It's actually been 24 minutes and you've just been taking this all in. What are your overall thoughts here? In the back of my mind, I'm wondering, like, um, you know, I feel like these are the repercussions of Liverpool winning the league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, feels like, uh, <laughs> it feels like I see the benefits of, like, um, how, how funding is made available to uh, lower league clubs and supporting the women's leagues and supporting football in whole in England by, by having that stimulus package. But I, 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 I then do get very disturbed by that uh, voting rights, the power of the voting rights uh, to shift the, the power over to the nine longest uh, serving clubs in the, in, the, in the history of the Premier League is, is very skewed. And it does create that, that dynamic where you then look at it like a Bundesliga and a Spanish league where you can only see, realistically, see um, three or four clubs that compete. In some instances, it's only one or two clubs. And yeah, man, in my view, it helps. Uh, the, the, the lower leagues do generally get a lot of revenues. Similar, similar case to South Africa, you know, you, get, you find a lot of lower league clubs that uh, retrieve a lot of their revenues from having uh, people in the stands, people coming to view their games week in, week out. But the way they're going about it now and in, in, in actually giving them money to then purchase their voting rights is quite, is quite uh, immoral, if you ask me. And it, it deserves this outrage that it's uh, re- received so far because it just puts too much power in the, the hands of the owners uh, of the top six whereas uh, it should be equally spread. I mean, if they were to, 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 to provide the same package and keep the voting rights the same, I think uh, it would be something that's better considered. But at this point in time, it just skews everything uh, to the top six. And in my mind, it's only the result of Man United and Liverpool doing this. This is It shouldn't be something <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> no, sure, sure. Robert Abramovich had nothing owner, to do with this. Your owner hasn't been in the UK for two years. He's not allowed back in the UK. He's got his own problems with the UK for other reasons. Yeah, <laughs> but, but picture, picture, picture Man City, let's say, uh, five or six years ago, right? Before they got the Arab money, and then you found a Tottenham, uh, a Liverpool, and a Man United voting on the, the, the ability for them to raise um, ownership from offshore. Yeah. It would it would really strain strain the, the ability of teams to actually come and compete. I mean, yeah. if Newcastle's deal was was getting closer to finalization now, and we found this this type of rule in place, it'd be easy for the top six to come in and say, "Look, you know what? Um, yeah. yeah, you know what? This is not uh, suitable for us for X, Y, and Z." And when mm-hmm. you look at the X, Y, and Z, it could be really, really uh, nothing. It could be yeah. something that they conjured up really quickly. So it's yeah, it's it's sure. quite it's quite it's quite it's quite concerning, and I'm glad that it's received 
the amount of mm. rejection it has at this point mm. in time. It becomes it becomes very convenient. Even even they even saying that they don't they didn't include the championship clubs in the funding because there's billionaire owners in the championship. You know what I mean? So so they're like, no, we don't want to give the championship clubs money because there's billionaire owners. But not every club in the championship is owned by a billionaire. There's probably like mm. three. There's only three clubs that are owned by billionaires in the championship. Other clubs mm-hmm. are billionaires, but the other clubs are scrapping through. You know what I mean? You know, your latent mm. oil and other teams. They are like, like they just want to get to the Premier League, and they, they they're not run by billionaires. So so even that you can just hear that what 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 what, what how they feel is to to try to exclude. Um, yeah, and this is the issue with financial fair play, by the way. So on paper, it mm. sounds amazing, but it hinders your Saudis from taking over Newcastle and becoming competitive force because then it says, no, yeah. they're not allowed spending more than what they're making. And they can't yeah. make more because they haven't had that injection. So they can't win the extra bonus money that they would be getting if they bought the players in the first place to win the trophies that could then increase the broadcasting revenue and the sponsors and, and, and. So that's the exactly. biggest issue is now all these big clubs are going, yes, yes. Like, for example, Liverpool... Um, Henry, he came in and he said he's going to play by this FIFA fair play rule or he's going, to, he's going to do it. And why? Because they're used to doing that in the States. And this is also why, to a certain extent, the Glazers have been caught in between two minds. It's because clearly the conversations between Glazers and Tom Henry, Henry have been ha- happening and their old models in terms of buying the best players hasn't been so successful in terms of a footballing decision. And now they're going, okay, well, what is the approach that these guys are doing? Because they, they're getting it right. So and that's why I'm telling you there's some sort of colluding happening from that perspective because it makes sense financially. United can make all the mistakes because at the end of the day, they've got the equity globally and that equity just keeps coming in and converting into cash. So they can do it. Where your Newcastles, unfortunately, once were big clubs, but now Everton seems to be bigger on that list, which is mm. somewhat crazy. Um, uh, yeah. I'd like to see a, a council proposal a, 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 a counter proposal from three much smaller sides yeah. whose experience of dealing with football is completely different to Liverpool and United. Like, pick clubs yeah. from down, like Hartlepool, Southend United, you know, um, a couple of clubs like that, Colchester United. Have them put, get, put their heads together and say, how would they fix football? I'd just like to see what they would talk about and, and, and how they would talk about fair play. And, I mean, the financial fair play, as we know, is a massive nonsense because the rules are there. But if your if your man's yeah. anyway, Messi do do financial doping every season, and they got caught out. They got banned. <laughs> financial doping. <laughs> yeah, that's financial doping. Man. They inflate the sponsorship about, man. It's a symbiotic. Yeah. Like they, it's they, one of those cases. Their owners literally own Abu Dhabi, and who support who. Uh, who are the Man City sponsors? It's Etihad, Abu Dhabi's um, carrier, and it's other Abu Dhabi businesses. They basically just say, "Hey, man, listen, I'm giving you this much to uh, sponsor Man City. Sponsor Man City just does that." But just, but the issue, no. you know, Celo, you say that, and yes, this is the part. Like, so financial fair play again. If Newcastle gets that Saudi money, they can then do exactly what City have done what in the Man sense. City's doing. Yeah. But what I'm yeah. saying in terms of City, City aren't just they're not just pulling funds anymore. They have set up, they've put the funds in and they've set up a, a lucrative model. For example, the My City Group. When you're looking at My yeah. City Group, it's a fantastic business model. They've got yeah. New York City, they've got Melbourne City, they've got some sort of city in Japan. They've, I don't, I'm not sure which one it is. But what they're doing is those sort of clubs then have a natural affiliation. They're still independent as to, and they're building their own community, but they have a brand association to City. 
and they've got mm-hmm. direct affiliation in terms of if there's a good player, they can pull them over for cheap and then they can sell them mm-hmm. and it becomes lucrative from a financial perspective in terms of transfers, in terms of sponsorships. Exactly like Red Bull and the same sort of business model, which brings me back to Liverpool and Tom Henry. There's also some other sort of discussions where um, the guy from, you know, the movie Moneyball, uh, the, the coach called Bean, apparently yeah. he was still in charge of Oakland Angels or something like that. And he's currently just resigned to take on a partnership with Tom Henry and uh, the FCG group to partner yeah. with some sort of Red Bull initiative to buy another club to somewhat build some sort of strategy for Liverpool. Again, so these sort of models where we are, like Kevin mentioned again, B teams, C teams, D teams, these sort of things are an extra step for these big clubs to then go into and add extra revenue stream for them in a footballing sense. Because then it becomes easy, right? You can develop players in your own academy. If they're not good enough, you sell them off, which is what Liverpool have been doing. They can then supplement and Chelsea, Chelsea, exactly, which then uses that money to buy better players and keep your your club. So either way, you're making money from all angles. Nick, Matthew mentioned um, in terms of getting, bringing the smaller clubs, the smaller guys. I think you're perfect, Joe, because (laughs) not saying Newcastle's a tiny team, but you guys have been up against it for a long time. A long time. And you were venting on that WhatsApp group. So I want you to vent now. I want you to express your your concerns here. I personally... I personally just don't think we're going to have, you won't have a fairy tale again. If it had to go through, you'll, you won't have a fairy tale. You won't have, no. for, you won't have a Leicester City. You won't have, you won't have Burnley mm-hmm. finishing seventh or sixth or whatever they did a couple of seasons yeah. ago. So I, I just, I just, I just feel the way it was sort of, the way the model was sort of made and what we were, what we were given to, 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 to digest and look at. It just didn't. It just didn't sit well with me, and I, I just don't think that um, any of the smaller clubs would ever have a chance. Um, I mean, mm. you've got a Leeds United this year that are looking good to to finish comfortably in the top ten if they keep going the way they are. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have teams that are going to come up. They're going to go down. They're going to come up. They're going to go down. And your top six is going to say your top six. And yeah. I just, it just frustrates me. I mean, I mentioned it. Leicester's won a league title. Spurs haven't won anything. Liverpool won their first league title <laughs> last season. Yeah. I mean, the, the repercussions. We're dealing with the repercussions now. At the end of the day, <laughs> no, no. But at the end of the day, why, why isn't Leicester? Why isn't Leicester in that in that top nine? You know, I just yeah, I, I think it. it's very skewed and very. Um, and I think you you hit the nail on the head, Musa. Like as soon as they start start distributing where and how your votes are, are being um, spread around the league. It just it just leaves a bit of a bitter taste in why we actually love or, or, or contradicts why we love football and why we love the Premier League yeah. at the end of the day for yeah. me. No, true. Because you see this that league is like the most competitive league, you know. It's, it's, it's been a league where you, you can have a weekend where um, top four lose to bottom four. Um, oh, seven, two, six, one, often. one, one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's the excitement of the Premier League, and to to bring such rules into play would uh, eliminate and erode that type of quality that we'd see, the competitiveness that we'd see each and every week from the product, and the the fact with those like uh, the removing of the League Cup and um, uh, the other cup, it's 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 actually it's it, it's so scary how suited it it would be for the Champions League playing uh, teams because their mm-hmm. main complaint sometimes in a, in a season is that they play too many games 
and exactly. uh, they'd rather focus their attentions on playing in the Champions League versus it's where the money's at. Playing. Exactly, it's where the money's at, but it's a good challenge for them to have to actually worry about playing Champions League and worried about playing the League Cup and worry about playing in the league, which exactly. all other teams in all other all other countries have to face as well, you know, and. It's it's just a deal which is way too. Uh, it's like giving giving a carrot uh, to the lower leagues just to say stay alive, stay stay exactly. in the in the business of football. But we're going to pull the carpet uh, underneath you, and that's that's a scary thing. Yeah, and they've disguised yeah. it super well. They have. They have yeah. said we are helping football. We are helping the FA. We are, they're not. They're taking care of themselves. <laughs> they're reducing the amount of games. They want to be playing the. And also one of the interesting things, because it's the Community Shield, it's the Carabao Cup. And it's also then taking two teams away, so reducing league fixtures. And all that mm. does is it allows these super sort of intercontinental friendlies to take place prior to the season, which means they can then go play games in the States. They can go play games in Australia, which again is more money, more brand association, working on that equity, more finances, dollars, and all these other sort of things. And then yeah. again, restricts the amount of games where they can then focus on the Champions League, where that's where the money's at. You're getting over 100 yeah. million pounds if you go further than the last 16 or something ridiculous like that. So, yeah. like like I said, from a Liverpool and a United perspective, I completely get it because, you know, but from a fan perspective and from a competitive perspective and the spirit of the game, it's, uh, you're kind of joking the system. But let's, it brings mm. me down to this next point where we've got United, we've got Newcastle. It's a big game. <laughs> this is a big test for Ole Gola, San Solskjaer, Will he manage it? Is this what happens if he loses his game? Nick, you said something last week that <laughs> you're predicting an upset. Well, when I saw when I saw Maguire play last night, I think we've got a great chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a fantastic chance. I think, you know, you know, can, I, can, I, can I say something? You said about donkey at the moment. How, 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 how rubbish is the British is reporting? On Maguire versus any other player, yeah, man. Like Maguire, oh, I feel so bad for him. He needs some help. His mind is not right. Damn. <laughs> other players in, in the league. Yeah. Oh no, he's doing too much of this. Um, Sterling is doing too much of this. Rashford is doing too much of this. Martial is doing too much of this. Let's like literally, Maguire has been shielded so much by the English media. That guy punched someone. In a foreign land and try to bribe someone, right? Yeah. Who we're not saying everything, we're not saying he's guilty or whatever. We're saying that he did something wrong. He, there is something that he did wrong in, in, in Greece. You know, I'm sure the punching what he did do, the bribing, let's let's say he didn't do, but the punching he did do. And now they say no, his mind's not right and everything. And now nah, man, guys, come on, man. Like, guys, just say the guy just he's he's lost he's, it a little bit at this point in time. He's a rubbish as a person, you know what I mean? Don't kill him. Was he ever that good? Like he, he had a decent season. <laughs> hey, 85 million. Was he ever not 80 million pounds good? He was, you know, some, he was, he was, he was, pounds good. he was great at, he was great at Leicester and he was great at the, uh, for England at the World Cup. And, and, and that duped Man United, actually, the, let's say the market, because even Man City thought about it, they said it's too much, but probably Man City, like 50, 60, um, but Man United decided 80, let's do 80, you know what I mean? <laughs> so 
center backs and then they're like ah oh, let HC Milan make sense which it didn't make sense at the time you know what I mean like no man like it's it's a it's but a, Leicester to Leicester yeah. think about it if Leicester, Leicester <laughs> or, or now they they set themselves in a in a way now where they're actually competing for the league I can understand that I wouldn't also pay the five million for Maguire but I can understand in the sense that now Leicester are letting go one of their best players and they don't have anyone to replace him at the back they would need yeah. to replace him with someone. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why Man United would pop out at And Maguire was, uh, you know, he was decent at the time. And you'd say, okay, no, you're still good. Yeah. Yeah, he was, and, and, I wouldn't have expected uh, the way he's playing now, to be honest with you. I wouldn't and, have expected this. And you're right. He is, it, there was something there. I mean, Marcus says, mm. firstly, Marcus says, Newcastle are going to win 1-0. Second thing, he says, look, you guys are forgetting <laughs> that Guardiola was looking at him at one stage. So he Even can't Drew, play with the ball. He's not bad with the ball at his feet. Tired. And these things happen in football, guys. You know, Fernando Torres left Liverpool, best striker in the Premier League, went to Chelsea, million pounds. What happens to Chelsea? He misses an open goal. Man, it happens, man. Some a fall from grace, you know. Um, All right, but, get, but you know what's interesting though, Celo, is you're saying, you know, like people are giving him too much grace. What Maguire has done though, is he's literally taken this whole conversation where we meant to talk about Newcastle and United and what the outcome of that sort of <laughs> result is. And this the whole discussion again has been about fetid. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and also to be fair, if I was running around with a head that size, I'd also be slow. He's a discussion. But yeah, Nick, as, as you were saying, uh, the way Maguire was playing yesterday, you, gonna, you guys are going to win. Carry on, yeah? No, no, no. <laughs> Just think, I think if I, I'm Callum Wilson watching England play, I would be licking my lips all day. Um, because I'll just, just put myself on him because he just dives into challenges. He's late. His first touch is poor. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see it going any other way, either than a, a draw or a Newcastle win, especially how he played last week. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm going for a Newcastle one. I think Saint Maximum signed his new contract. I think he's yeah. got a bit extra in the pocket, so I think he's smiling. Six years. Wow. Yeah. So now imagine you Harry Maguire and Saint Maximum's running at you. I'd shit myself. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe how this this whole conversation. You'd be punching people in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't believe how this conversation is like. It's gotten to a point where you've got a United fan saying Newcastle are going to beat us, and a Newcastle <laughs> fan being that confident. This is the state of affairs we are in. <laughs> you did say it. You did say it. Don't. I can go back and record. You said you're going to lose. Who? You I think he was quoting me. I think he was quoting me. Oh, was he? <laughs> oh, he was quoting me. Newcastle, never. Man. My perspective, my perspective is I think if Nick, 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 Nick's confidence in his team, he says that what I will never say my team will lose. He will even play Bayern Munich tomorrow and he will say you'll be I used to be to say you'll lose. But there was ever to close off, if there was ever a time to play Man United, it would be this week. Yeah. And specifically because you've got Harry Maguire at the back. And he's your captain. <laughs> <laughs> he's your fearless leader. So what happens what happens if, if, if Completely he's Completely fearless. <laughs> if what he's playing, 
if he doesn't play yeah well, you got a better chance then than I might, how yeah. much they will draw then <laughs> okay all right so let's say this let's say this okay so marcus is saying he's saying Celo, you must accept it you guys are going to lose let's say let's say everyone give your prediction for the game quickly and then follow that hypothetically i want to see what would happen in a state on his job right now if he does lose this game but let's first give the predictions Wonga, let's start with you. What do you think the scoreline is going to be? I, I think it's going to be a draw when Newcastle win. Say 1-1 one, one or 2-1 to two Newcastle. If, but if, if Mike, but you know, you mustn't forget that they also, if those guys start firing, they haven't fired yet. So, yeah, I don't see mm-hmm. it happening. Like Marcus Rashford, um, they got the Greenwood. Yeah, and the Marshall's not there. Okay, yeah, 2-1 to Newcastle or 1-1. I'm tempted to go for a draw. I think United, they, they, they don't tend to, to lose a lot in a row. Um, yeah. mm. I, I think they're going to keep a clean sheet. I think Newcastle are going to put some, some goals in. Uh, but I think United are also, I think United's attack is still strong enough to do mm. something. To Newcastle. I think it's, I think it could be sort of 2-2. Um, and, and I think it'll probably be Newcastle will take the lead and United will come back and salvage a draw and Ole will p- display that like a victory. He's going to walk off mm. smiling like he's, you know, like he's just done something great, salvaging a point against Newcastle United. <laughs> and then United faithful are going to give him a, a, buy, a pass, be like, oh, he did that even with Maguire at the back. And, uh, <laughs> it'll be in the job. <laughs> yeah, more so. <laughs> I'm not sure. Eh? Do you guys know if uh, Cavani will be able to play this this no, uh, no, game? No, no, no. Coronavirus isolation hasn't ended yet. Ah, see, it's it's um, interesting because like um, if you were to ask me before lockdown um, this year with COVID and ask me about Manchester United's performances, I was going to say you know any team has a chance against beating United, and they went into lockdown and came out of it a very very strong team. And uh, I'm thinking potentially uh, the same can be said now with the break. I mean, it wouldn't be a Man United that uh, we know if they didn't come back with some type of resolve and some type of character. You know, they have to they have to come back with some type of performance. And although Maguire is messing up, there are a lot of characters around Maguire who uh, should be able to pull a performance. And it should also be a, a good opportunity for Ole Gunnar to actually... He's got a lot of good players. He's got a lot of good players to work with. He should just put them out there and get them to to play. Um, um, so I, yeah, like Sag Mata, he can give you a goal or two if he gets on yeah, the field. That, that, that is Moses' player, and we all know why he likes him. He won't <laughs> Underneath that red jersey, he's playing with a blue one. That's why he still likes him. <laughs> There's a little something there. <laughs> Mata. <laughs> Mata's getting I mean, mentioned. You I mean, know, Mata should he should be watching this show because he gets more airtime here than he has on ev- any other and, platform for like the last four years. A twenty million dollar um, salary from a Saudi club. So, so yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, I, I, Moses, I, I, so what I, is your final? Yeah, final score there. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it to Man United. Against uh, everything in me, I think they have to come back with some type of resolve. They have to come back and show that they are a, a, a top six kind of club. Um, they have players that have won any everything in the world, um, and they they're going to be beating themselves up about the way they're coming out. And if they don't respond, 
then it's going to be a lot of questions about not just the coach, but the players themselves. So I yeah. think they have to come back and, and do something. So I'm thinking 2-1 to, to, to Man United. I think Newcastle will have a goal or two with uh, uh, the gents there, but uh, Man United should, should, should be able to do better than what they, they did do in the previous week. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. Man United winning. Man United is winning, guys. Um, two one. I whatever Musa just said, hundred percent echo echo his sentiments. But but yeah, one of the things that 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 does worry me, as we've we've alluded to already, is is the Maguire factor. Um, yeah, man. I think yeah, man. He's. But that's about a penalty you guys will receive. <laughs> yeah so listen United start automatically they start the game with one goal they'll get it within the first 10 minutes from a penalty we're going to talk to Chelsea about that it's one of tactics we've taken our mantle as the primitive but the scary part is Maguire because Maguire has literally um, he came back from Greece, obviously, um, and then couldn't go straight Sorry. into training. <laughs> They're oh, still talking much. about Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't laughs> he's the, 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 the problem. <laughs> so that's, that, that, that's where, that's where the, listen, a team, you know, you, you're playing in a team sport, you know, and if the leader of the team isn't up to scratch, isn't right, mentally, whatever, physically, whatever, 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 it was not right with him, you know what I mean. You know, um, you can say what, whatever you want to say about him, but his first season at Man United was not really that bad, you know what I mean. But now it's calamitous, you know what I mean. It's just like it's not a it's not a Premier League player, it's a League One player. You know what I mean, you know, his first season, Man United be what what concede the third third least goals, you know what I mean. So which is good. Cello, 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 we're talking here. We're talking predictions. We're talking, we want to know what that's going to happen. You're still talking about Maguire. We know the poor man is going through the most. Okay. Maguire, so Mata, we know two things from this conversation. Mata must come listen to the show because he gets praised. And Maguire must stay away from Goal Lounge. This is my segment of the show. This is where I can talk about my team. I'm not going to talk a lot about other people's teams because I don't know their teams as well as I my team. But listen, okay. To, but, but to cut the um, story short, um, I feel Maynard is going to win 2-1. Um, some of the players um, who are starters for United had a good international break, including Pogba from the break. Um, they had good international weeks. And, and Bruno had a, had, a, had a decent game for, 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 for Portugal. But, but, but also Solskjaer needs to change his tactics. That's that, that 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 that's the problem. How, if he doesn't change tactics, how would you see him playing though? If he had to change it, how, what how would you want him to set up? Four three three, man. Four three three. You know what I mean? Pogba and Bruno play four three three for their national teams, and it it, it helps because you, you're not taking away Pogba's attacking instincts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you put Pogba as a two, then you take away his attacking instincts. You know what I mean? So. And, and and Bruno has shown him for, for, for Portugal that he can play in the three. You know, I mean, his ball retention is what it makes a ninety percent uh, pass completions. You know what I mean? So and it's better if if you do that um, instead of just relying on Bruno as a ten because then you just leave Pogba too far back. It's not good. You know what I mean? And 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 then Pogba's the guy who's getting the balls from the from the goalkeeper. Rather play Pogba a little bit ahead. Matic just 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 in the in the, in the Sitting behind him. And then let those two guys. Change okay. One attacks, one stays. One attacks, one stays. You know what I mean? That that's that 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 is a better 
there's a better better um, formation for me. And um, the reason I asked him was because we're compiling his CV. We're going to send it to um, the the American guys over there. We're going to contact guys. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But we'll fax it. So we don't know if it's going to get faxed. Nick, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin mentions the Longstaff brothers being um, clinical for this this game, like crucial for United into or yeah. Newcastle, yeah. the real United, uh, Newcastle. <laughs> Um, so, so how do you see Steve Bruce setting up for this game? Because you 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 are pretty sure in yourself in terms of saying Newcastle are going to win this game. How do they win this game? <laughs> to, be, to, be, to be very honest with you, I, I'm, I am a realist. I don't think Manny United are going to roll over. I think they're going to have to put a performance on. Um, I think if, if Solskjaer maybe loses or draws um, and maybe there's a bit of fight, he's got a chance to keep his job. But if they lose in any way, Close to how they lost against yeah. Spurs, he is in big trouble. I think so. I think the players will uh, they will fight for him. Well, you never know. Actually, maybe he has lost the change room. That that it was talk. Yeah, it could be affected. The last couple of weeks is maybe that's a possibility. But um, I do think I do think if there was ever a time, as I said, to play Man United, it would be this week. I think we don't have as many internationals as they do. Uh, so our players will be fresh. Uh, Steve Bruce would have had two weeks to work with the players. Um, but the key term in that sentence is Steve Bruce, and anything is possible with him. He is a dinosaur, and he probably, I mean, my luck with the left, um, very defensive team, and uh, we might just nick it. Um, Longstaff hey, brothers hey, are quality uh, jolly boys. Has Steve Bruce beaten Man United ever as a coach? What was that? Has Steve Bruce beaten Man United ever as a coach? Probably not. I don't think he's ever beaten a top six team. No, I'm joking. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think the Longstaff brothers will start. Um, I do think uh, Shelby will be key. Um, and I think uh, Fraser for... Um, he played for Scotland in the week. He had two man of the match performances. I think you guys had a player playing on international duty. To Wilson will be. Guys, let's respect. Let's respect Newcastle. Sorry, keep going, Nick. Um, but I think Wilson was being. I rude. think we'll win this. I think we'll win this two one, two one, two one win. Uh, say maximum with the first. Um, Wilson with a second, and I think Maguire might just get one because we've given, been giving him too much shit this, this podcast. So this podcast so. <laughs> nice, nice. Consolation like goal. <laughs> um, to, to, I'm going to give a, a quick a quick summary because we've spoken quite extensively over this game, only because we have two of our hosts uh, taking part in this sort of fixture. Um, I reckon it's going to be close. I do think United will probably walk away with it in the end, edge it out, just because I don't think United are getting up Newcastle. I'm getting confused between the two Uniteds. Newcastle are good enough defensively to to withstand. Like It just takes one of the United players to have a good day in Newcastle and big shit. But um, yeah, let's hope. Callum Wilson, if you guys have him in your fantasy team, I reckon... He's 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 good to go. Good good money. Good money for or good value for money rather. But I reckon it'll probably be two one to United. Um, so we're gonna move over to the next game. And that's gonna be Spurs West Ham. We're gonna get Matt involved because he's been quiet. He's been sad because we haven't been speaking about Mourinho and Bale and the possibility of Bale even starting the game. So so where are you at? Where's your head at, Matt? 
Uh, and can I ask a question? Yeah. About uh, Ericsson. Oof, that would be exciting. Hey. Oh, man. That would be wicked. Um, I don't know. That I'll... wasn't that wasn't a question. That was more of a statement. But okay. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> I'm putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be... He, he, I was, he was a player that I was really sad to lose. I think we lost him at his prime as well. He's, he's been a fantastic servant for Spurs. Hasn't really worked for him at Inter. Um, different style of play. Uh, obviously, just not his not his environment. If we could get him back, I think you know it's kind of it feels like we're getting the band back together. You know, we're bringing in Bale, bringing Eriksen. I think let's get Vanifar off the pundit's chair in in the Netherlands. Bring him down. Yeah. So, uh, but he, uh, I think he'd, he'd also, we know he works in our system. He knows the players. He's he played with Kane for a long time. So it would be fantastic. But even this weekend, if there's a possibility of seeing Bale as well, I think that would be, mm. I, I just want to get a taste of, of uh, Kane Bale's on front three, just see how that, because we know, we know Mourinho loves a, a 4 3 3. Um, and he seems to have been slowly building towards that with Spurs. We didn't quite have the, the personnel to do it properly. But with bringing in Hoiberg and 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 with the improvement of Sissoko and Ondombele, we've got a midfield that could really do it now. So and and West Ham is always a fun game because it seems to be it's it's because it's a derby the, the 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 form book does go out the window and and more so with West Ham than I find with any of the other London sides. We just seem to always have a, a mad game there and there's been some incredible Spurs West Ham games over the, the past few years and it's a it's West Ham are always a weird side as well because you never quite know which West Ham's going to pitch up. You know, yeah. they, they they can be a team that you can look at them and think, how is this team even in the Premier League? And then other times you can look at them and think they should be a top four side. So you just don't know what you're going to get. And I think, and they, I know they get amped up for the Spurs games. So I think both sides are going to be ready for it. Tottenham on the back off having destroyed United. Um, I think they're going to be, they're going to want, want more of it. They're going to want to keep banging in goals. So I, I, I want to see it. I do feel like we should edge it. We're at home. We, we, we are in good form. We've got some fantastic players. The system seems to be clicking. We finally, we really feel like a Mourinho team. Now. And, and mm. I think, I think for, a while, for a long time, we still felt like Poch's side with Mourinho just on the bench. And, and now we really feel like a side in his image, something that he's created. And the players seem to have also picked up on that. We seem to be playing to his system now. Just the interplay mm. that you see between Kane and Son and Kane doing that Drogba job. You know how Drogba used to, he was still scoring a lot of goals, but he was also dropping off more doing a lot more hold-up play, creating chances for those around him. Yeah. He created a lot of chances. During his time at Chelsea, Drogba was often creating chances for Robin and and you know and, and Lampard and Cole as they run around him. And I think Kane is starting to do a lot more of that. So I think this is a side that could really... And it's it's feeling quietly exciting. You know, a lot of the Spurs chatter online is, you know, we we, we, we look like a really fun side again. And, and mm. this is a, another game that will be a bit of a test for us, like the United one was. I think West Ham is always a big test for Spurs. So I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that we go in and we show the dominance. We show because West Ham are still in that top nine category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <not> <laughs> on paper. <laughs> and, 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 and they beat and they beat Leicester before 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 the international break. They not, not not just beat Leicester, they whipped Leicester. Yeah, yeah, and that's what <laughs> you know. West Ham, you just don't know. You could get and, and which West Ham are we going to get? Are we going to get the West Ham that beat Leicester? Are we going to get the the basket case that we've seen in other parts of the season? So. I think it'll be a good game. I'm, I'm hopeful that Spurs can show their dominance because we are, on paper, we're a much better side than West Ham. We should be able to dominate that game, put it to bed at home, score some points and, and run out comfortably. But you just never know. These derbies are always, there's always, it's always fraught. 
I think even without the crowds, this is a game that's going to have an edge to it. And I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm confident. I think, you know, prediction-wise, I think we'll run out 2-0 or 3-0 winners out of this. No, oh, goodness. I like that. I like that. I love the, the there's a lot of conviction. Yeah. 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 Wonga, have you been doing research there? Because you've gone quiet. So I want to know how do you think this game is going to play out between Spurs and West Ham? No, no to honestly, I was just looking at, um, I was interested in the Steve Bruce statement. Uh, <laughs> one or not. And I think he just won one match out of 24. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got. They said uh, it is. A, it is an article from last year. And they're like Steve Bruce's wretched record against Man United is the worst any manager has <laughs> against Man United. So, <laughs> so, so, okay, but yeah. what, what they're telling us is if you got money, put on your castle to win. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what it's saying. Yeah, for Spurs West Ham. Who? West Ham. Uh, but that was, look, that doesn't matter. Look, uh, West Ham, that was, West Ham, <laughs> I mean, Arsenal last, Arsenal last year were, um, nah, that's not, that's another manager. I don't, I don't even count it, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Spurs, I think, again, yeah, it's, it's difficult to even predict now with this, uh, just no fans, and especially what happened last week, yo, it's like you just spin a wheel and anything can happen, like, yo. I actually don't know, but um, the the one thing I won't lie, like when I heard Ericsson's coming back, yes, it kind of gave me worries now. Yes, it's now Spurs can actually really compete. Um, now they're actually going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be a big problem with, uh, if, like, answering Musa's question. Um, Spurs, Ericsson was a, especially with the way they played Pochettino, yes, they, were, they, looked, they looked a good side. I've never seen Spurs like that in my life. Um, and I think uh, Ericsson had a big part to play in that. Um, but I mean, come the weekend against West Ham, I think they should be favourites. But again, West Ham surprised us uh, two weeks ago, uh, thumping Leicester thoroughly. Uh, so yeah, I, don't, I just don't know. I, can't, I just don't know. So we've uh, got our first official man sitting on the fence. He's not bold enough to make a, a prediction. We're going to move <laughs> on. I would, I, would leave, I, would say, I would say a draw. Then. Let's say a draw. What is that, Silo? A score draw or, or zero zero? Oh, no, definitely goals. Let's say two two. Now, there's definitely goals. Ah. Two two. Definitely. All right, Mosso, what are your thoughts? I definitely think Tottenham have what it takes to, to take this game. Um, Mourinho is a quality coach. He's as as Matthew says, like he's, he's, it seems like it's a team that's now under his helm, and he's got the the players working under his instructions. So I think if uh, Song and Kane come to the party on the day, you've got um, uh, support from Dembele and the likes everywhere. So I think um, Tottenham should be able to bring out a, a few more goals this weekend, and probably giving them a three 0 win. The, the nice thing with Mourinho as well is once he closes shop at the back, you can it's kind done. of feel confident. Yeah, <laughs> you can kind of feel confident he's going to go forward. And if we do see Bale stretch his legs, oh, it's exciting ah. to have that type of talent um, there as well at Tottenham. Uh, that's where he made his name. And um, yeah, it, it'll be dope to see him actually come on the field. So yeah, I'd, I'd give it to Tottenham for that. Cool. I, I agree. I agree. I think, I think Tottenham will win. Um, I'm giving it to Tottenham 3-1. Um, Son and Bale, I'm also Son and Kane, 
Um, two of the goals will be from from that duo. Either one of them scores two of them, or 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 whatever, or assists for 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 other people in the team. So if you got fantasy, definitely you need to have Son or Bale. Um, I'm sorry, Son or Kane. Why do I keep saying Bale? Son or Kane in, in your fantasy team. Um, so as I said, three one. Um, Eric Dyer is not going to be playing. I think um, he wasn't. He didn't. He couldn't play for England. So you know that that weak link in defense. I always feel. Um, Alderweireld and Sanchez are a better combo than than Dyer. Than Dyer. Dombele didn't play for France, so he's 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 ready to go. Sissoko didn't play for France to go. Um, and yeah, man, I don't think Son. I don't think South Korea had a game, so Son didn't have to go. Didn't, didn't have to go home. So definitely, three um, one to Tottenham. Cool, Nick. Yeah, I'm gonna go three one as well. Um, I think uh, Antonio for West Ham will get a goal. I think he's he's looking. And then the steam train. Um, yeah. I think they. Uh, and I think, I think. The front three that I want to see Spurs play eventually will all score. I think you've got Sun, Bain, and I think they will get one just for fun. That'll be good. It will be a good story <laughs> to talk about next week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I think uh, Mourinho's got, got everything working there. I think the, the cogs are slowly starting to synchronize and turn together. Um, Bale just being there, we spoke about this previously, the energy is going to be high, the energy is going to be buzzing. So if he even sits on the bench, I think mm. the guys know there's going to be a certain level of performance at West Ham just aren't going to be able to keep up with. We do know if Antonio has a good day. Antonio is an interesting player. He's obviously, <laughs> this is going to be outrageous. But, but Antonio <laughs> on his day can have the same influence on a game as that a Messi and a Ronaldo can have. He can be unplayable. Outrageous. Completely he can, outrageous. He can oh, be yeah. unplayable. Yeah, yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for, for warning us. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm saying though, I'm saying generally, the days when, when West Ham do come away with the result, it's because Antonio's he's done he's just done things he's done everything for yeah. that West Ham team he's gone forward he's gone back he's, he's, he's a runaway train repercussion. this is another repercussion of Liverpool winning the league he can be a best I'm saying his impact <laughs> Marcus is also saying Marcus is also saying I'm out I'm out <laughs> right but my point is my point is if he has a good day Spurs will have trouble but I don't think I think like uh, you've all touched on it uh, Mosa said you know <laughs> Mosa's crying out. Or, once once Spurs get a goal they're going to shut up shop Mourinho's not going to mess around he's not going to let that shit that happened against Newcastle happen again so if they get one goal it's game done they'll put the game to bed in first half so 3-0 I think is a fair scoreline um, but on that note only because I see tears running down his face I want to I want to see where he goes with this the Chelsea Southampton game Where's your head at, Mosa? Uh, my head at that is in a very good place. I think uh, Chelsea, um, the boys are looking good when they do come out for international uh, breaks. Uh, I saw a little bit of habits over the, the, the week. Uh, it looks, it, it's perfect to have a centre-attacking midfielder. He unlocks a lot of players around him. Gives him, literally, he creates a lot of sitters in, in that 18-yard um, area, which is brilliant to see. Um, yeah, seeing the likes of... Um, Mount and uh, um, other players playing as well in the international uh, week. 
really does give me comfort uh, to say, yeah, we we can get a result. The big concern for me is Ings. Oof. That man, yeah. I don't know, it seems like he has a goal in him every game he plays at this point in time. And he can pull a rabbit out of a hat at any point. It's uh, he's, If you were to ask me, like in terms of the, um, the English strikers at this point in time, he's actually more of a threat than uh, Harry Kane uh, in, yeah. in the current form. Yeah, in my view. And yeah, yeah that's 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 something that the team has to think about. Uh, we do have a couple of uh, very good players at the back. Um, hopefully, Mendy is fit and ready to to also take on that uh, goalkeeper position. But I can't see us um, literally uh, having a clean sheet. Uh, I feel like Ings is just going to find uh, find a goal somehow in some way. So um, yeah, I do think we have the firepower going forward. We still have to work on the combinations going forward, but. Seeing how the guys did stretch themselves this this past week, I think will be good. Uh, so I'm seeing a three-one from uh, Chelsea this weekend. Is, oh, is that's, a, that's a good scorer. No, I don't think he is fit because he was re- he was uh, he actually had to go home right uh, yeah, for the second game, game that was yeah for the second game um, yesterday's game for for the, the for England. So I think we we find though like in that position he did create a couple of assists uh, uh, two weeks ago. But I think Alonso is also a very good replacement. It's not going to be the, the most um, I think, impactful thing. I think thing. actually that you might play Aspilicueta left back if, if Chilwell's not fit. Because yeah. you remember against, against West Brom, um, at halftime he brought on Aspilicueta for, 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 for Alonso. And Alonso. I think... I think maybe he doesn't trust them. I, I don't know, but 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 yeah. yeah and we've got James. James also looks like the part on the right back. So yeah, it's, yeah. the 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 uh, good options that we have there, and you know, Chilwell is he did create he, he did slot into the team very well. Uh, and if you if he if the coach is to change anything, I think he'd be happy with changing it by an injury versus him making the decision of um, uh, actually pulling the lad off off the field. So yeah. We'll see how it does pan out. I'm not too sure if Aspilicueta will start on the left uh, because he also has done well like on the right for, for Chelsea. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, have and, to, um, I, have to, I, have to, I have to say this because because Kevin is is may, uh, throwing in the comments on the side. Um, you know, Mason Mount, he says that Mason Mount is Frank Lampard's son. Like, he always starts. But, but I told him that, that the last game... Um, the one that you guys won for, no. If Mount doesn't, we even said that if Mount doesn't start, you guys will win, like convinced me. And he won for no. Mount didn't touch the field. But then, do you think that he will he will get a game? Or do you think that he will be hit again? Because obviously, the, the combination of Havertz, Werner, Hudson Adoy, and Abraham worked well in the last game. Yeah, from, from my side, I see where the comparison with uh, Lampard and him does come into play. Like, it seems like the, he's having, having like a soft spot in Lampard's heart because yeah. the style of play is very similar. You know, he's one of those um, attacking midfielders that can get a lot of goals from distance. He can strike, strike the ball very, very well. He does create combination play in the final third. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's the mold of a, of a Lampard type of player. It's just um, whether, whether he can come on and create uh, a lot I, I'd keep him on I'd, I'd give him a chance to actually play but there are a lot of good players around him as well I mean likes like Pulisic uh, Ziyech which we still haven't seen at, at Chelsea you know there's, there's a couple of options which are going to literally ask of Mount to pull up his socks and uh, push them to the, the limit which is a good place for 22 year old to be he'd rather be there 
in in the squad and not really on the fringe. He's in the squad. He's uh, got a couple of good performances under his belt and he's got a couple of goals under his belt as well. So I'd love to see him play. He's got the energy that I like to see in the Chelsea squad, to be honest. Cool. Um, Matt, Matinho, what do you think is going to happen here? I think Chelsea will win it. Um, I think they've, you know, they've got the quality. They seem to also be clicking. They seem to have found their, found their groove. And against, I mean, against sides like Southampton, they seem confident enough to pull it off. We, we've seen them kind of feel a bit disjointed against the bigger sides. You know, they, they struggled against Liverpool. They struggled against us in the cup. Um, but the, it seems when they, when they come up against the side that doesn't, where they don't feel like, where they feel like they're not going to, uh, where they feel like they should win, they do. And I think that's, Against Southampton, we'll see them feeling confident, playing well. I, I do expect there's goals in it. I agree with Mossa. I think Ings is a dangerous player. I think he's got goals in him and, and he won't need a lot of chances. That's the thing. As mm. well. Give him one or two sides of goal, he's going to get one. Um, mm. So I think it could, I still think it'll be fairly convincing. I think it'll be 3 1 or, or something like that. But I think Chelsea will, will, will run away with it. Um, and and it's, for me, the next big thing is to see Chelsea do carry this form into a big game. You know, in, in, into yeah. a side really going to stretch them. Um, but yeah. I expect them to come out of this team as winners. As much as Southampton, they're not playing bad. Southampton are a good side as well. They've got some solid players. Um, yeah. But I just think that Chelsea will, will want to win this. And Chelsea are at home as well. So they, you know, it's, it's you expect Southampton to also be set up slightly defensively. I don't think they're going to go all guns blazing, which is the kind of game that Chelsea actually kind of thrive with. And also kind of suits um, to to Morse's worry. It suits Danny Ings a little bit, just playing off the shoulder of the defenders. Let them have mm. the position, have a little bit of a high line, and make those runs in behind. That's to his game, mm. um, or suits his game to the T. Wonga. Yeah, look, I think uh... <laughs> you guys thought I was going to follow us up for something. I was just like, I was waiting for him to jump in. Like when, <laughs> when someone finishes, you guys can just run away. I don't have to say like settle every time. So you know, after Wonga, Settle must give. Then you know, Nick must go. Okay, go, go, Wonga. Yeah, now I'm saying. Like, that close. I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Chelsea are going to score uh, less than three. Um, I see them getting the goals in there. Um, Southampton, yeah, the only yeah, the danger I do see, like Claudio just said there again, is um Danning's running behind. Um and he and he is quite he is a very little um striker. Um but yeah, I don't think it's gonna be that much of a difficult one for Chelsea. But yeah, if they if they bring another performance like Luster, like they did the game before, then yeah, they can see a lot of trouble. Southampton can punish them for any mistakes they make. But yeah, I do see them. I do them same and and my comment on uh, Mason Mount, I think if you look at the player, definitely has a lot of potential. Um, there's no ways I think Lampard is gonna just. Um, of course, maybe now you say, okay, no, he's not really taking off. Cool, he's still got. I mean, he's still young. He's got a lot of years ahead in his career. He's gonna get a lot of opportunities to play. Um, yeah. I think yeah, in the, in the Champions League, they still got the, the other cups. He's got a lot of time. Um, so so what, as, what happens? What happens when? Say all their signings and the squad is fully fit. Does he okay. get into the first eleven? No, no, he doesn't. It's tough. They've spent too much to not play these players. Play Mount in the pivot with Kante because at least then it gives uh, Mount is the creative force, and then um, Kante is obviously the the guy who will clean up. And and obviously um, Mosa has been crying about Jorginho and Kante playing together. It doesn't work. You know, I mean, he doesn't want to see that 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 two work yeah, together. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, but I think like, 
ends. If you look at Lampard, Lampard the way Lampard's building the team, he says he said it before is that, and he keeps on saying it, is that if anyone asks him what are you going to do with this player, that player, wada wada, he had a bad game. All he says is that he structured the team in a way that there's always competition in the team, um, so that you know the other players are not relaxed. Yeah, you 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 see it sharp, you 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 play, but then you got a kid like Mason Mount who wants to show himself now. Um, so you also slept. scores goals for England now as well. So that's that's an extra mm. thing. He's not just a squad player, and that's that's going to yeah. be the difficult thing for Lampard. He's trying to manage all of this. Is that this kid now thinks it's the same with what happened with Liverpool and Rian Brewster, seeing um, the likes of Sancho and other guys get their chances. Though he had an injury, he knew he wasn't going to get into Liverpool's front three, so he decided, well, he's not going to stick around. Even though if he had stayed another season with Liverpool, playing in the first team, actually day in day out, he probably would have benefited and. Nick, from your perspective of being a coach, like when you've got a player who's that hungry and he sees his mates doing that well, I mean, we all know it. We saw like Mosso when you got promoted ahead of me in certain things, you know, you're itching, you want to do more, you want to go more. And then if you don't get that chance, you start looking elsewhere. And that's what happened with Ryan Brewster. At some point, if Mason Mount doesn't get a look in, when the guy is coming on from England or coming on for England and scoring goals, and then he's going, but wait a minute, I want to be playing for England. The Euros are around the corner. And I'm not getting game time. So that's also something yeah. for Frank Lampard to be managing. So, Nick, mm. how do you go it about is, doing something like that? It is a bit of a, 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 a tricky situation. I mean, Frank's got to deliver results. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's got to make sure that um, he puts his best 11 out every week or best 14 that he can play. Uh, whether or not Mount is good enough, I think he is good enough. Um, but I think at a team like Chelsea playing on so many fronts, um, you might find that he's not a starter every week. And I think the best managers utilize their squads the best. And if they go far in any tournaments uh, this season, Chelsea, um, he'll need to utilize every player. And he will play his role. Um, injuries will come. Uh, if he gets his chance, he'll, he, he might take it. And, and the, net of the player who's out might have to fight even harder to get, get back in. The, the Mount one is a little bit of a... I see a lot of people on Twitter actually saying that uh, so yes, Mount is um, Southgate's love child as well. But the boy's got something. I think Southgate's got an issue with maybe playing players that maybe don't really deserve call-ups. Um, he is maybe tinkering with it at the minute. But um, it is difficult for, for, for a coach like Lampard, especially with all the talent that he's got. At his disposal, mm. managing the expectations is is what I mean. You guys have been in change rooms where you've got, the coach has told you one thing, and whether or not it's true or not, uh, he's got to manage your expectations. And if you're not happy, I think Frank will be the first one to open the door and say, "Cheers, mate." Um, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna join the train, um, uh, the train's going jump in off. one direction. You got to jump off. Um, I think at his age, I think he's he's young enough to 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 play a bit less now, um, and and be a very successful Chelsea legend. Yeah. In the future. But but the issue um, though is Jadon Sancho and the lad Foden from Man City. These yeah. guys are giving all these young, yes. giving all these managers headaches. That's actually what they're doing because yeah. they're going out there, yeah. they're getting their starters, and all the other guys are looking over, going, "But that, wait a minute, that that could be me. That could that be could me. be yeah." Um and. I mean, I think every specific situation is its own situation and it has its own dynamics and circumstances. So it is difficult not to compare. However, um, you know, I I, I, I'm, I back the coach. And if the coach, you know, the coach is in a position to make the decisions. And at the end of the day, if the player is not happy, 
pack your bags and go. And I, he, I've watched a few interviews with him. I don't think he's that type of lad. Um, and I think Frank is the type of man manager to manage an expectation um, or the expectations that he may have. Um, yes. So I think with the Brewster one, is the is Brewster not on loan to Sheffield United? Yeah. So he was sold. Oh, yep. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, ah. I mean, ultimately, the player has to be happy, and 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 in a club setup, in a, in in the, in the squad setup, you don't want a player that's not happy, because ultimately that player can become a bad apple. And Chelsea's a team that that I would like to think are challenging for the title, or a team that want to challenge in the Champions League. So I would like to think that a young manager like Lampard, who's been part of squads like that, will manage that, and he's been that young player himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one that's why I think, back, like, yeah, sorry, it's good to actually see Loftus Cheek uh, sent out on on loan as well to Fulham because, you know, you don't want to stifle a player of of that caliber. May it might mm -hmm. not be working at this t point in time for them at Chelsea because of the other players around them. But there's there's a point in time where these boys are going to come back and develop into mm -hmm. fully fledged uh, mm -hmm. professional footballers at their prime. And that's when they probably can reap the best uh, of their abilities. Not true. Yeah. Well, going back on well, the Chelsea game, uh, I think it's going to, I don't think it's going to be as easy for Chelsea because I think Southampton's fixed their, their sort of defensive problems. They started poorly and they've got two clean sheets recently. Um, mm. And I think Kings has a goal in him. Uh, I, I think it will be. I think I don't think it will be a scrappy game. I think Chelsea will ease to a two-one victory. And when I say ease, I think uh, Southampton might get a consolation. Um, I think Abraham was itching for a goal. I think he was a little bit pissed off that he didn't get that penalty. So I think he yeah. he will be there and thereabouts. And I think Werner has to score, if anything, for my fantasy team. <laughs> is, he still, is he still there? <laughs> Top of the pops. You've been hanging on to that. You've been hanging on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going. Uh, I'm going a two-one win. Two-one win. Two, I think one, they'll win. it, but it will be a close, close, close score line. Wanga, what is your final score? You didn't say anything. Four. For Chelsea. Southern. But I said Chelsea. Yeah, okay. Your final score. I'll say three-no. Three 0 oh, no. Nice, he, guys. He gave he gave a number and he stuck with it. It was in and it was out. He thought about it. Okay, settle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I'd say um, three one to Chelsea. Three one to Chelsea. All right. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it'll be a two one. I don't think it's going to be that many goals. I think it'll be a lot tighter than than um, than what we think. I do think under the Southampton's manager, they're quite well organized. They've got a goal threat, like Moss was saying, in a Danny Ings. Um, Chelsea need really they, they need to start gelling because when they start playing the thing is um, Marcus said uh, the, I thought this was more outrageous by the way Marcus said Chelsea yeah. to win the league they've won the league I think the problem that Lampard has and you guys have been talking about it you've been talking about this problem is that Lampard's got headaches he's got a lot of new players coming in he's got good players he's not sure what his best 11 is a side like Everton have a better chance of winning the league, largely because Angelotti is well experienced. He, he doesn't have as many headaches. He knows who his best team is, and he can work with that. And in, in the scenario versus Chelsea and Southampton, the Southampton manager knows who his best 11 is. And um, so it's all about whether or not you know Lampard gets it right on the weekend. If he gets it right, then yeah, comfortable 2-1 win. If not, then it's possible draw 2-2. Um, the next one, Man City, Arsenal. Wonga's yawning. We need to catch him before he goes to um, sleep. That's what happens. So, Wonga, enlighten us. What's what's the, the situation in the Arsenal camp? 
Then he came out talking really positive things, saying Arteta's the right man for the job. He can win a title. If And he's also surprised about how they're backing him as manager in terms of financial resources and signings. Um, so what's the camp looking like for this game against Man City? Yeah, look, I mean, I looked at it and yeah, I also got... Look, even before when uh, yeah, when, when Arteta came, when he was named, I said it before, when he was named the, the coach, it was a good decision. Watching Arsenal's games as well, I do think that Oteta can uh, win us something. Oh, he's already won, but I mean, that doesn't really count. But he can win us a cup that counts <laughs> uh, in the future. Um, he said his words, according to William, were Champions League in three years. I've heard that four-year, three-year thing many times. I, I don't know if that can happen, um, but I do know that Oteta can win us something. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's also nice to see that Wenger, I mean, it's always love for the club. I mean, if you've been there for that long, of course, you're going to love the club like that. Um, but looking at Man City, Arsenal, Man City also, they're coming off a bad run of games. I think they haven't won the last three games. It's a difficult um, match for them, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy one for them. Arsenal haven't beaten them, I think, for three years in the league now. Uh, this in the last six. The brain has feasted on them. So if he doesn't play, I think that'll be good news for us. Um, the only thing now they're seeing now, I think whether Partey plays or not, I don't think is is going to be a problem for me. I think, I mean, he's just come, I mean, he's just got into the camp. He hasn't trained. I think he only trained, was it today or yesterday? They said, but it was this week, is his first training session. Yeah, I don't yesterday. Yeah, I think today, then it was today um, that his first that he got his first training session in. Um, I'm not too worried if he doesn't play or not. I think if I look at Arsenal and the other games they played, um, I mean, we played Liverpool, you managed not to get thrashed, you know. I mean, last week, Liverpool got seven, Man United got, uh, no, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool got seven, Man United got five, six, or six, Leicester got seven. Um, uh, uh got five, I think, the week before that. And I just look at the way Arsenal played. Yes, we we, yeah, we lost the game played against Liverpool. Uh, we lost. But I think, it, I mean, it, it didn't look like we we're going to lose, uh, I mean, a big score. Uh, I mean, given the previous seasons as well. And every time we've won our games as well, I think we look pretty solid at the back. And I think that's, that's all I'm really enjoying at the moment. We're coming against Man City. We know they're a dangerous team. If we lose... I promise you, I, I don't think I'll I'll be that disappointed. It's something probably everyone would expect. But I do think I do think I do think we can we can um get a result out of the game, whether it be a draw or a win. Um to give a prediction, I do see goals. I think I would say I'm not gonna see my team on lose, but I say two two, a two two draw. Um, you just get I mean, you just get to say your team is gonna lose. It's fine. Look, to be honest with you, if in way he says it, there's no like no, 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 prediction no. when he says it's like two two. No, 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 just no. so so I can't say I they think, lose. On the day, <laughs> look, on the day look, for me, I'm on, I'm just gonna be realistic and consider the fact that again, I know I've always named this player, but uh, um, Shaka for me is very. Um, you just don't know what you're gonna get from. <laughs> And David Luiz as well. You just don't know. I don't know. I feel like you, you and Celo, you and Celo just start a group where you guys just talk about Shaka and Maguire and they have like memes <laughs> about them all day. But yeah, sorry, <laughs> keep going about Shaka. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, I mean, like the, he played uh, in Switzerland. Apparently, I never saw the game, but apparently he had a good game. 
against uh, Germany. Then, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, for uh, for his team, yeah, he had a good game against Germany, um, and he. But then again, I just said, that's ah, possible, you know. Um, Bentner had good games. Bentner had amazing games. Uh, Wolcott had very good games. I think he scored a goal from pass against Barcelona, running from his own box. But then you just didn't see that every game. And that's the problem with me and Shaka. I just don't see that every game. Next game, he can just kick someone, get a record, get off. David Luiz as well in the back. He's uh, The games, when you're watching, um, I think when he, the last time he played against Man City in the FA Cup, um, David Luiz played very well. Um, you could see he wanted, he wanted to win fighting, but I, I just don't think there's that ambition to do that every game. So, so Nick, um, between between David Luiz and uh, Jamal Lasalle, who's more of a lucky packet? Jeez. <laughs> you see? I, think, I think Jamal Lasalle of, of two seasons ago when he was fighting for an England uh, call-up, I think, maybe take him. But I think I think Louise is a definite lucky packet. That guy, you don't know what you're going to get. I like how you had to think about that. That was a harder question than actually asking what the score prediction is. <laughs> when, he's good, when he's good, he's really good. But when yeah. he's bad, he's really bad, bad, bad. Exactly. And a penalty is, is what he's going to give when he's bad. It's not, it's not going to be like a foul or it's, it's going to give a penalty when he's bad. It's going to give it, you know, just by pulling someone where it's not needed. So I'll stick by my guns and say 2-2. But I, I do think Arsenal, again, yeah, I do think Arsenal can get a, a, a result out of it. And I don't see them getting thrashed. I don't see Arsenal getting thrashed. No. I think I like, City, I like for, me, for me, I think this is probably the worst game that City could could have after dropping points and like off a bad run. Because I think they like Arsenal are re, re, like a reinvigorated side with Arteta there. I think Partey will definitely start. I don't see him yeah. not starting. He played a full game for for Ghana. Mm. Uh, he played. He's going to slot straight in. They're not going to spend forty mil and then ease him in. They need that steal in the midfield. I think he'll start, and I think he'll give give your De Bruyne's, your Rodri's, your your Foden's a run for their money. Um, and I, I think they. I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a one-one. Um, I don't see. I, I think. City needed to play a Sheffield United, a Newcastle, or West Ham, and they needed to back them in the next game. I think this is the last sort of test that they needed because if there's anyone who knows what City's going to do, it's Arteta. And yeah, we all exactly. know why. So I think Arsenal, I think Wonga, you maybe need to be a bit more confident. I think if, if anything, you might, you might uh, even get a win. But I, I think a draw is probably written all over it. And I think City might fall into a little bit of a rut that they're going to have to pull themselves out of. I yeah, agree. that's I interesting. Agree. I, agree. I agree with Nick. I agree with Nick. So let yeah. me just say it's 1-1, what Nick said, 1-1. Completely agree with what he says. Um, Aguero is not fit yet. Um, I didn't see Jesus playing international duty, so I don't know if he will be ready for the game as well. Um, and I think, yeah, man, they don't, they're, not the, they're not that menacing yet, man. So I think 1-1 definitely... Um, Obama Yang could 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 definitely get a goal. He hasn't scored in the last two games, I think it is. So I think one one definitely. And Partey will will have to start, man. Like you have to start him. Yeah, if I look at even what um the, uh, like if you look at the other the other games you played, um I mean I was watching the highlights. I mean it's like they said no no don't touch the brainer, leave him, let him go, let him shoot, let him get his goal. 
that's what exactly what it looked like. He was running through the midfield. Shaka was playing. He was running through the midfield as if like there was nothing there. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think if you play Partey, yeah, you could probably get a different result. Mm. But again, as for me, it's not it's not the game. I'm not worried about these games. It's the smaller teams like last year that were. But I think I think Tisilo's point. I mean, you know, if we take Thiago as an example for Liverpool, Thiago came straight into the team, and when the players of such a quality or such a level, uh, in terms of quality, they can just slot in immediately because they understand the game really well. Partey, mm-hmm. if you're coming into the situation where you do have a City versus an Arsenal, we know to what Nick said exactly. We know Arteta knows the ins and outs of Pep Guardiola, and what we've seen so far from Arteta is he's more adaptable. And I don't know if it's Pep Guardiola not being adaptable, but rather being stubborn. But we know Arteta knows how to mm-hmm. shut this team down. And we know that Man City aren't firing on all cylinders. And what's quite interesting mm-hmm. is what you guys have all said so far is the possibility on the cards. That means then out of four games, I think it would be or five games, no, fourth game for, for Man City. City, that they would have only won one game. And they would already be behind, I think it would be at least like a good seven points off the start of the season. And it puts Pep Guardiola under a lot of, lot of pressure. Matthew, yeah. in terms of prediction, what do you think is going to happen here? I think this game's got a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's got some interesting storylines. The student against the master. You know, also, City, who are so dominant, who are sort of in decline up against Arsenal, who are kind of resurgent. Um, and I think Arsenal are going to win it. To be honest, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be brave for the Arsenal fans. I know it's hard for them after so many years of having to watch Arsenal. I think Arsenal. It's it, in much the same way, you know, you think about the, the Spurs United game where yeah. it, it was a very similar story arc. Spurs were on ascendancy, United having a period of struggle, and then it just all it, it all came to I don't think it's gonna be six one, don't get me wrong. But I think I think it's gonna to come together for Arsenal. I think on their day Arsenal are looking really dangerous at the moment. And and this is the kind of to Nick's point, I don't think Guardiola no. would have wanted to play Arsenal now. I think this is not needed. And I think Arsenal are gonna take advantage of that. Arteta knows what he's doing. I think it could be two, three, one to 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 Arsenal, and I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to. I think it's yeah. going to be full on. There's going to be a lot going on. Yeah. And I think Arsenal are going to come away. Goodness, I want to say it. You said it. This first is back. Wow. It's going to snow. It's going to snow Yeah, man, I echo the same sentiments because, yeah, it feels like City are in a little bit of a rut at this point in time, and they haven't really come up with a new way of approaching themselves or approaching uh, the games that they enter into. So uh, with Arteta knowing exactly what's happening uh, at City, with Pep, potentially he may come up with a new solution of how to approach this game, but I don't th- I don't see that uh, coming to full fruition because the players that are at Man City now, they're all brilliant players, but they're, all, they're not firing at, at, at four cylinders. They're not uh, bringing out their the, the best performances at this point in time. And it's quite it's quite interesting because if we're looking at the season, at the beginning of the season, I would have expected Man City to have already gathered 12 points at this point in time and, yep. uh, you know, be starting yes, to run away and pull away from the rest of the league. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't panned out for them that way. It's been a sluggish, uh, pedantic type of uh, approach from, from Man City. So I think... And whereas Arsenal has been looking exciting, as as as, as uh, Wanga mentions, like they are a very good team. So I think, yeah, it's equally poised, and I'll go for a two-two. I'm actually quite um, quite scared. If 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 um, uh, Arsenal score early, I'd actually be scared uh, and pull off uh, David Luiz from the field because 
he could cost you. <laughs> he'd cost you. <laughs> In those type of games, it seems like he's he's like uh, set up to 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 um, either win the game for you or cost you. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, it's either he's the best, yeah. he's the best defender in the world in a game like that, or he's yeah. 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 He either you know what yeah, Luis a... hasn't done, and I don't think he's done this for Arsenal yet. He hasn't scored a free kick, yeah. Yeah, no, but he's, he's got that, he's got that in his locker. Don't lie, though. Yeah. Like I said, and and Aubameyang want to be the free takers, so, so this was yeah. Twitter, no, it's Pepe. Pepe. Pepe's on the field, he's always the one taking them, remember? Oh, Pepe as well. Yeah, Pepe also mm. has Pepe, he takes the corners, he takes everything when he's on, and now I think they've. Torreira was the one also taking them, but he's gone. Okay. I'll, also, I'll also take everything if, if you paid $72 million for me. Yeah. Why isn't Maguire <laughs> taking anything that... Uh, maybe not? <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. We're going to have to change uh, pre-match Muti. We're going to have to change the title of the show to the Maguire show. That's what we're going to do. We call it Maguire and Mata and Chaka. Mata, Shaka, and Maguire. That's it. Um, I, I just want to say oh, something. Man. You know, it's, oh, if, if we're looking at... Enfermillo, Enfermillo, Enfermillo. Enfermillo, yes. Enfermillo. One thing I want to point out, though, is um, you've got two teams here in, uh, in Arsenal and City. One is seeming like seemingly going on the incline, and the other one's on the decline. Um, losing players like company, losing your David Silva, even though your fans and your players and everyone else thought, you know, we could just get rid of these guys because, you know, a city have so much depth. It just shows you the impact that a player can have on your squad with that experience and the, 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 the know-how in terms of changing or instilling a sort of culture within a club. And they've lost that in both those players. And this is also one of the reasons why they're struggling. Um, but if you're looking what an Arsenal's doing, yeah, I think this is the first. I would think about it. It's four weeks in, and this is the first time the whole panel is saying that Arsenal is going to get a result here, which is somewhat. This is a bit ridiculous. So again, if you guys, <laughs> no, we agree. <laughs> I don't yeah. think anyone in the city is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm saying if you guys are betting, if you're going to bet, you go check those odds and put it on because I think if you're looking at football and you're looking at what's going to happen, what happens to Guardiola though if he doesn't get this result? More pressure, man. More pressure, definitely. Yeah, I think they start pressurizing him, eh? And then it's Champions, think... it's Champions League coming up. Um, if he loses mm. the group stage game, more pressure. You know, man, Pochettino's chilling somewhere, waiting for either the Man United or Man City to call him up. He's just chilling. So that that could that could also happen. Yeah, do you guys yeah. think that's that's a likelihood? We, we halfway through we see Guardiola's he's reached his limit finally. He's been at this club longer than what he has in most clubs. Um, he yeah. reaches his limit, and Pochettino comes in, and he's is he the man to to step into the shoes of I personally, job? I personally think Guardiola will get it right. I don't I don't yeah. see this run. I don't think it's going to be for too long. I think he needs Aguero back. I think that would mm-hmm. be like another signing. Um, I, I, I think they will. I think they will recover. Um, I think just right now. Wonga's um, <laughs> sorry. Wonga's out. Just going off the mirror. He's looking for Aguero. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he's <laughs> trying. You know, put his left hand on. I'm sorry. Keep going, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll get it right. I don't see them. I don't see them sacking him. I think 
when they click, they click. I just think I personally think it's just a it's a tough game to to. I can't take this guy seriously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with this like, honestly. Yeah. Are you good, one guy? You're shot. Hey, my bitch is dying, bro. It's like, honestly, sure. Yeah. I just personally, I personally think it's not the right game to bounce back. Um, we might be completely wrong, and they might just turn it on, and 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 they, when they can, I mean, they can beat, they can beat Arsenal three four nil if they want to. Um, I, I listened to something quite interesting today with uh, Ian Wright, and he was speaking about Kevin De Bruyne and whether or not he looks tired and a little bit frustrated. Um, mm-hmm. And it was quite it was quite interesting to he- hear their views. And you know, he doesn't have Aguero up top, or he hasn't had him for a while. He doesn't have Silva next to him. He doesn't have um, company at the back. And you know, you kind of take away that spine. And he's always had these people to turn to. Now he's the mm-hmm. main man. And he's He's not. He's not. He's not a. He's not in his thirties or his uh, or his, his, his mid thirties or anything. Where he's like the one taking taking charge. He's got kids around him, and he's got to kind of take the bull by the horns. And and the interesting question is: Is he frustrated? Is he wanting to move on? Um, yeah, so you look tired. Sometimes his, his body language doesn't look right. Man. Yeah, his body yeah. yeah. Like he's... Sometimes I heard him say. I can't remember the asking this about. Was it the, him getting knocked out the Champions League or something? Champions and, League, yeah. Yeah, and he said same same thing, different year. Every season, no change. Yeah, yeah. And like I was like, yeah. There's comments lately he's been making. Now just yeah, yeah, support. Alarm I think if there's anyone, if there's anyone to get it right, I, I I think we can never question Guardiola and what he's done. So I think I don't think the board will ever. I don't think the board will make a rash decision. I think they'll give him a chance <laughs> to fix it, but. I think if it lasts too long, um, I think what we in game week four. I think let's give him a bit of time. Um, but as I said, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a great I don't think it's a great uh, game. It's not it's not a great game to come back or for one one draw against a newly promoted team after an international break where he hasn't even had the players to work with. I think Arteta's licking his lips. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pochettino. I think, I, think. I think if anyone's eyeing Pochettino, I think it should be Man United. Um, I think Solskjaer is maybe out of his depth. And maybe that's someone who can do it. Maybe he'll transfer a list um, Maguire there for you. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Pochettino, being a, being a former defender, um, can actually help Maguire. So, so yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so, so that's actually what Tello's saying. Tello's saying Maguire's struggling because Solskjaer is a striker. That, that's what's going on here. Sorry, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tricky thing for like uh, some of these coaches, like uh, Lampards and uh, the likes, because under Pep, under Ancelotti, under Klopp, we've seen good players get better. We've seen them like improve. Uh, they 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 bring out their best games. Whereas uh, uh, coaches like Lampard and uh, um, and Ole Gunnar are gonna have to. It's something they have to consider at the back of their heads, like which yeah. which products are they actually delivering and actually improving because. It might be all good and well having the purse and having the money to actually get the players that you want, but you have to actually come out uh, at the end of the season improving a couple of those names to put yeah. your your stamp of a coach in, in that in that uh, in that place. Yep. So I think it's safe to say we're all saying City are going to struggle to get anything out of this Arsenal Wonga. 
we're all backing your side. If it doesn't, probably probably reason why it's not going to happen. But let's move on before this thing becomes a Lord of the Rings sort of series. Um, we're going to talk about the last game. Um, it's the Merseyside derby. Why this is bigger than normal is because it is the current league leaders versus the current league champions. And it's all happening in Merseyside. Forget Manchester. There's nothing good coming out of Manchester anymore. It's all Liverpool. It's going to the home. This is where it's at. So what's going on here, guys? What are we thinking about this? Uh, Angelotti, Klopp. We know Angelotti has a good record against Klopp with the other sides he's taken charge of in the Champions League. The games that Klopp lost was against Angelotti. So he knows how to set up. He knows um, Liverpool have had the problem that you guys mentioned in terms of the international break after getting thumped 7-2. What are you guys thinking about this? I think it's, I think it's, I'll start. I think it's, it's a draw. I think I think it's a draw. Um, okay, cool. Maybe two crucial players for 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 Everton um, had to fly from the other side of the world. Um, Richarlison and and, uh, and James they played for for their teams in, in World Cup qualifiers. Um, but, you know, Calvert Lewin um, only played well, played the two games for England, um, and he scored his his debut goal. So he's firing. You know. Um, and I think they, they could definitely cause some problems, you know. I think with the speed of Richarlison, um, with your, if you play the high line, especially, again, um, Richarlison can definitely take advantage. Um, the one thing that, that would be in Liverpool's favour, um, I'm just saying from a, uh, Everton's standpoint, is um, Luca Dean uh, went, went off with an injury for France yesterday, um, and he had a great game for France. So, and, he's, and he's a creator for, 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 for Everton. So if he, if he doesn't start... Uh, and he's injured, then then it will, it will be obviously to Liverpool's um, uh, bit, you know benefit. But but I think obviously um, Mane coming back, Thiago coming back, you know that's that's also you know the the, the two the two star players coming back, and Liverpool want obviously um, you know um, get back after after shipping seven goals, you know against a team that had eleven players, almost got relegated, you know. So Liverpool also want to prove themselves. But I think Ancelotti. Man, he wants this is his match. This is the this is the match for them. This is their final. You know, Everton don't beat Liverpool. Uh, they haven't beaten Liverpool in, in quite a long time. And I think they want to prove a point. And I think because they want to prove a point, I'm gonna give it a draw. Because you're you're you proving a point is a draw. <laughs> I would have thought like maybe an Everton win, but fair enough. Fair enough. Because Mane and Thiago are back. If Mane and Thiago were not there. Or if money was not there, yeah. ah, then then Everton wins. But Depends if they play, they might not play. Yeah, money, money, money is the mo- is the second most important player for Liverpool after Van Dijk. Ah. I think he's one of the most important. Yeah, between yeah, I think the, it's probably number one even. Yeah, I think second, number one. Yeah, yeah, mm. I think yeah, even, I think even even are, are the two most important. Mm. Yeah, I think I think what I said about City and them having. Probably the worst sort of game to play. I think Everton's probably finding the worst team to play um, because uh, the champions lost seven two last week. That's what we all have to let mm. sink in. And yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't enjoy lying, boy. Yeah, and Klopp, Klopp, and I'd like to think I'd like to think he is intelligent enough to rectify things we spoke about last week. The high line was suicidal. Um, yeah. and, I, and I would like to think that he has got some sort of a backup plan if it isn't working and or a counter strategy to fix if they are pressing in a certain area of the field 
how they drop off and how they deal with the transitions because Everton's transitions are very quick, um, as were Villa, and if they are not on their game, they can get hurt, especially if they played like they did two weeks ago. So I still think um, Everton have nothing to lose. I mean, they're top of the log, they're playing the champions, they're playing good football. I think they're going to go all out. And I think for that very reason, I think they will be exposed because they're not mm. as strong defensively, man for man, um, as a Liverpool. And I think if you have your Manes, your Sellers, your Firminos, your Thiago's playing, I think they're good enough to break uh, the Everton the Everton um, lockdown, um, as good as Ancelotti is. Um, Ancelotti might swing this completely and go ultra-defensive, ultra-Italian, ultra and and try and nick it on the counter with the high line that they notoriously play Liverpool. He's done that so, in the past, yeah. Yeah, so for for his Napoli sides, um, etc. So I, I do think do think this could. Um, there's so many variables here, um, depending on how they set up, depending on how Klopp approaches the game, depending on how Ancelotti uh, approaches the game. Is a draw is a draw a victory for them? Possibly is. Maybe he will Everton, definitely. Back. I think if they take one, a point, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you will say, "Listen, come at us, try break us down." Um, I just think, you know, if I'm an Everton fan, I've got nothing to lose. It's the fourth game of the season, fifth game of the season. Let's go for it. Let's go and see if we can score a couple like like Villa did. Um, I just don't see Liverpool losing this game. I just think they're going to have to. Uh, yeah. Have to come back. Um, and I, yeah, they're going to have to respond. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think there'll be a couple of goals, maybe a 2-1 victory. I think Liverpool aren't as strong as they used to be defensively. I think he has fixed um, he's fixed something that didn't need to be fixed. I think, Matt, you spoke about that last week. Um, and I think they will concede, um, but I do think they have enough going forward to score. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win uh, to Liverpool. You know, you know before, before the next person goes, just thinking like, you've got... Two of the clumsiest goalkeepers in the Premier League playing this weekend. Pickford versus Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> Anything can happen, boy. Is Adrian no, playing? Yeah, because oh, oh. this is out for six weeks. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. No, that's actually another, that's a huge, actually, in fact, that's a huge factor. And we know when, um, when we used to play, when we used to play Mossa, like if you had someone in goal at the back who wasn't. You know, like if people, if the team doubted immediately, like happened previous week, as soon as that mistake comes in early and you suffer a goal, the whole the whole morale of the team takes a huge knock. Depending, Drops, like yeah. it just feels like it's so much harder to get back. And that that's yeah. a valid point there. We know Pickford's a flipping loose cannon. We know Adrian is um, a third, fourth choice keeper at best. Maybe he should be a goalkeeper coach. I'm not sure. Maybe Nick will see him one day on a UEFA course or something. Um, yeah. But um, Mosa. I think is Nick frozen. I don't know what's going on there. Also, what do you think is going to happen? He's shook. I think he is. Um, for me, I think this is a, <laughs> the game of the weekend. In, in my view, it's a, it's an epic, epic game. Um, it is going to. I think mo both coaches will like to express themselves fully. Um, I don't see the reason why Everton would want to get to uh, Liverpool and. Um, change too much. Uh, it seems like they're on the right type of momentum and they, they have some type of flow. So I think they're going to go out uh, attacking. They've got R Richarlson and uh, Calvert-Lewin also 
firing on all cylinders, which is good. James Rodriguez is connecting them up right, like quite nicely as well. Uh, Pickford has been there for the past couple of weeks. He, he is uh, error-prone, but he has been there, so I don't think um, it will affect uh, the Everton team that much. They won't be looking over their shoulders as much as the Liverpool team, which is now facing the, the challenge of having a new goalkeeper in the, in the, in the goals. Mane, if he's back, he'll always be a threat. You know, He's one of those players where you put him uh, on the field and he's going to turn defenders. He's going to uh, attack defenders directly. He's going to be in their faces and giving them something to think about the whole game. So it'll be good to have him there. Thiago <laughs> Alcantara, also a quality, quality player. This, 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 this game really does highlight how much quality is in the English Premier League. Um, you know, Everton, um, if you look at it from the coaching staff the whole way on, onto the players, it's quality. Uh, Europe, the European players that could actually play in the highest level. If you look at uh, Liverpool, it's also the same. You know, you've got a, a coach which is of the highest uh, top-shelf coach. You've got top-shelf players uh, there. Um, all that I think would, would will happen is that both coaches will want to express themselves fully. I don't think anybody's going to go out there uh, hoping to park the bus. The worst-case scenario would be um, if Everton were to come out and and then and, play the expressive football and then get punished by Liverpool, they take it on their shoulder and understand that, you know, those are the league champions um, that they did come up against. And um, it would be a good test to give them a, a barometer of where they should improve to also compete for the league because they have enough quality in their, in their cabinet to actually compete this season, which is, which is nice for them. I don't think they'll be coming into this game thinking, ah, let's, let's, potentially be a little bit more defensive. Let's potentially consider taking them on the break and the likes. I think they're going to come out uh, on full attack this weekend. So it's going to be exciting. I think there'll be a couple of goals. Both both managers are, are of the top draw. All the players on the field are going to be of the top draw. Probably the weakest link would be uh, Liverpool's goalkeeper, if you ask me. And that's yeah. um, potentially where, where um, James, if, if you give him a... a 30 yards, he can do something. 25 yards, he can look for something to test the keeper, which is going to be exciting to see, you know. So I like yeah, that prediction. Uh, I like that. He's definitely going to be taking shots from range. I mean, if I was Angelotti, yeah. I'd tell him, have a go. Have a go. So yeah, if, yeah, don't yeah. be surprised if we see something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a top draw left foot. Uh, we were all a bit worried and we weren't, uh, we haven't seen it in a while, you know, at Real Madrid. So to see it, coming out to fruition, the passes he's been picking, the distribution he's got, and he's been uh, attacking goals. So it's it's nice. It's it's going to be set up very, very nicely this weekend. I still do think uh, Liverpool will have to respond. They aren't champions mm. by luck. They are champions because they've been in situations where they've had to respond and they've done it very convincingly over the past season. So I think Liverpool will probably pip it maybe 3-2 in this game. Yeah. yeah. Matt, Matinho, what's up? Uh, so it's for me the interesting angle to this game is is it's I mean the Merseyside derby is always huge, always means so much to both teams. But this one perhaps means more than usual because if if Everton lose, then for them it will be that deflating, you know, the the run of form they've been on. Then to lose to Liverpool in the derby will be like oh, it's just like every other season. Maybe maybe those first four games were a bit of luck. Maybe we're not as strong as we thought, and it might derail the, the, the massive run they're on. I'd love to see that happen. And if Liverpool lose, <laughs> we, 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 Liverpool have been sort of shaky. They haven't quite been as dominant as they were coming off the back of their last result. They lose now the Merseyside derby. 
that's two really disappointing defeats in a row. And and it could really shake their, their confidence. And they do seem to be a side that, for whatever reason, is slightly struggling with the mentality of going into games at the moment. And we, you know, they probably, I think Klopp will hate that. I think he'll be really annoyed to come out of this game losing and know that he's going to have a mountain to climb to get them ready for the next one. So it's, it's a lot rides on it. I think you look at the size on paper, Liverpool should win this. They've got the quality across the side. They should be able to pull off a victory, even with the new look Everton. I think Liverpool should be able to win. But the, you, 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 you never can tell with a derby and Everton are flying. They're coming in. I think, you know, you, you, you got to look at the fact that, like, like Nick said, a couple of their players have travelled really far, and that's going to be a factor. That's something that could could could, could play a role. But and and I think we will see that this will, is going to be a really tight game that will probably turn on defensive errors, and both yeah. sides are going to it. And I think that'll be the decisive factor. I think it's probably going to be a draw. But if I had to pick a winner, I'd pick Everton. I just think there's they they they're looking good. They're looking a bit ruthless. And you saw it against Spurs in the very first game of the season. They waited. Spurs felt dominant. I was watch. I watched the whole game, and it felt like Spurs were building up to a win, and then they just couldn't pull it off. And Everton punished us, and they and they defended really well once they got that lead. Pickford yeah. was not picked. And and, and at that time, there were still a lot of new players thrown together, and they still did that against you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think this is the kind of game that Ancelotti actually kind of builds for, and I think Everton could snatch a win here. I think it could be an unexpected two-one or one-nil victory Everton's way. And, I th- and that is a valid point. That is a valid point. I think normally when this fixture comes up for any Everton manager and all the squad players, they look at this fixture and they start going, ah, oh, here we go again. You know, they don't, they're not too motivated. With Angelotti now, they're going, yeah, let's go do this. We, we lead yeah. leaders. Let's take these likes out. We, we, we can do this. So that belief, yeah. the, there's definitely that X factor. Nick, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, yeah, I think I'd said, I, I, do you think uh, it's going to be a 2-1 win for Liverpool? I oh, don't sorry, see... Nick. I forgot you reshuffled. Playing musical chairs, yeah. I thought I missed something, but uh, yeah, my line dropped. But yeah, I think it's sorry, 2-1. So, 2-1 so Wonga, win. 2-1 win, Nick. Wonga, what, what do you think? What's going to happen here? Um... Yeah, if I just, I'm just looking back at the Arsenal game. Uh, Liverpool had a, a strong, strong performance. I think everyone can agree. Like, <laughs> you know, you're watching the game and yes, you're like, okay, sharp. Sure, there's nothing you can do. You know, when Dyke was on point, nothing was going through. And you just, it was just the result was inevitable. But saying that, Lacazette had a chance. Uh, he scored the one chance he got. The second chance it came in, there was still a chance there. And Ellison uh, was in goal, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so now you've got yeah. you've got uh, Adrian in goals. Um, uh, he's probably probably most likely going to make a mistake, and I think also there's there's still opportunities. Even though if Liverpool play the strong game, they play they do well. Um, there's most likely going to be a chance, and that's what Everton's going to be looking for. Is that once that chance comes, they punish, they um, they, they execute on it, and they they get their goal, and they do have the quality. As we've seen from the past games, it's not been like they do have the quality to, to actually bury those chances. So I do think an Everton win is on the cards. Um, but again, like I said, I think uh, looking at Liverpool's run, I would lean towards Liverpool actually um, taking the game. It would be a nice story for Everton to win it. Um, yeah. But geez, Liverpool, Liverpool, I just think, <laughs> I just think on their day they can just be, they can just break down everything. 
um, and make yeah. it really problematic for you to to score. Yeah. But Arjuna, hey, Arjuna, forget about him, man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, he definitely, he definitely adds. He adds like this you unpredictable know, dynamic. You, yeah, it just it takes a lot out. Yeah. Um, because now Liverpool, now you've got him at the back. You can't. It's it's really dicey. I think they're going to be looking for it. It's really dicey passing the ball back to him. It's you're yeah. passing the ball to him and everyone's going. You, you'll probably be hearing the crowd if, if they were there. They'll be like, hey, you know, on his back. Uh, every time he gets the ball. Uh, the studio is going to be making that noise. Oh, yeah. every time the ball goes to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah, no, so fair enough. I think um, on that note, it's you've got. You've got the players who've gone away from international weekend. Uh, Klopp mentioned it just before. It wasn't. A, it's not ideal circumstances. You've got two guys coming back from Corona. You've got another one who's still got Corona in the likes of Shakiri. Not that he was going to play anywhere, but um, you saw Tiago. Tiago's definitely in the feature because in the yeah. training session, there's a moment. I don't know if anyone saw this on Twitter, but um, they hit this past him across the field, and he controls it in the air with the outside of his foot. Yeah. And he puts it on his chest and he just starts juggling and then he smacks it again across and you just see Mulder walking past going like that. <laughs> I love it. So I think he's going to feature. I think that's going to be... If he comes on, it's going to be a huge difference. Like you guys said, Adrian at the back of the goals, I'm, I sound like a broken record right now or stuck record. He's unpredictable with um, Calvert-Lewin being as confident as he is at the moment. You know, any chance falling into the box is a potential goal. So for Liverpool, it's going to be very key for them to keep them out of the box, play like they normally do. We know Angelotti is going to set up how he does for the bigger games. He's going to sit deeper. He's going to obviously wait for his chance. The difference between last week's game or the week before against Aston Villa and in Everton is Everton don't have that pace on a breakaway as what Aston Villa had. So that could work to Liverpool's advantage. Um, we do have Jota, who's just come back from Portugal's um, international games. The man last night was absolutely on fire. He scored two goals. He had an assist. He could have had a hat-trick. He was Portugal's best player. Matinho over there in our bottom right corner is agreeing because he's half Portuguese. He's uh, got a spousal visa, I'm sure. Matinho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what's lovely about that is you've got a player in Jota who's going to put a Salah and a Mane and a Firmino, Celo's favorite player, under pressure if they're not performing because the guy's going to come off and he's going to give that energy, that extra buzz. So overall, I think, I mean, Liverpool should get something. They should get something. They should. And the best part about this is we know how they perform in the big games. Liverpool, they love it. Everton creating a bit of a status. There's going to be nothing better for, for Klopp to come out there and pull the rug underneath his feet and just remind the neighbors, the noisy neighbors, that Celo knows this, the noisy neighbor story, just who, who the real bosses in Merseyside are. But I think the, <laughs> the likelihood, if I was betting on the game, would probably be a draw because I think it's something Angelotti wouldn't mind walking away with. I think they're going to frustrate Liverpool and it all depends on whether or not Thiago comes off the bench. Yeah. That's, that's cool, yeah? <laughs> and I think, uh, I think that's the show. Everyone here, um, it's past Wonga's big time. He's already trying to run away saying his battery wasn't, uh, or his battery of his laptop was dying, but that wasn't the case. I think he was just looking for his pillow straight after this. Um, thank you, Celo. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> thank you, Mosa. Thank you, Matt. We'll see you guys next week. Good luck for the weekend and uh, come back with some energy, guys. Thanks for everyone. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, bye.